Hello and welcome to episode 286 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. And Connor Palmer joins us again this week to, uh, I guess, share in the misery that the majority of us uh, will be going through. Uh, anyway, this is our end of season podcast. We're going to look back at the predictions we did pre-season the majority of which haven't aged well. One of us <laughs> did actually nail the top three spot on, so we'll get into that later, but then disgrace themselves with their predictions elsewhere. So all evens out. A little bit of news of the week. Didn't want to hang around there too much because we've got a lot to get into. We'll get into yesterday's title race and kind of the season in general. So first part of news of the week would be Robert offers Davenport police officers one million to not arrest him. Good logic. Tempting. I don't know if this was like pre-robbery, if he was like, I'm going to do this. I was about to say it would be. Yeah. Odd choice of words. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to get on this now, save us all a lot of trouble. Can you... Can you then be charged for that if he hasn't committed a crime? I guess bribing a police officer, but if he if he worded it nicely, do you get done for bribery if you don't have the million pounds? Is that still bribery? I don't know. Alex, you wouldn't run in a wetsuit. We've got a new one for you. Bribing a police officer. <laughs> Commit a crime for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems like an easy trade. Um. Florida woman accused of crashing into multiple cars and throwing a fake snake to evade a traffic stop. It's like something about Mario Kart, isn't it? I like the idea that snake has been there just on the off chance this happens. <laughs> In case of traffic stop, it's got a fake snake tucked away. Everyone's a... got like miscellaneous items in their car that they have specific <laughs> reasons. My dad used to carry around a torch that was like two foot long and made out of like cast iron wind up one. <laughs> oh, did he call it a torch did he <laughs> <laughs> road rage victim follows shooter home and gets shot again <laughs> you're just asking for that <laughs> like one of those kids where you see um, like the fight videos who's just getting his ass kicked but just won't stay down it's too much pride like the first scene and never back down when he's begging him to stay down. But I won't mention that again in Jack's company because he gets nasty. (laughs) Driver trying to flee gets stuck in wet concrete. Traffic, traffic related news of the week. We're fed up with scary dreams. Thieves return temple treasures in India. (laughs) <laughs> the idea of the curse got to them they stole it they had one bad dream and just happened to watch indiana jones fed up is a great choice of words they weren't spooked <laughs> you know what i'm fed up to this can't sleep i'd love to I know feel... what the dream was as well to start <laughs> returning it i've looked at indiana jones differently since jack claimed it was the greatest <laughs> ever movie franchise <laughs> Like I liked it before, and now it can't ever thing. hit those levels. <laughs> <laughs> do you regret height. saying that, yeah. Jack, or do you stand by it? Um, I mean, it's it's arguable. I don't know if it's aged that particularly well, but well, there is time travel in the next one, so yeah, I, mean, I think not... maybe you got in early. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that as like a movie franchise, it's got everything you want in a movie franchise. Aud- audience for everyone, perfect. Not sure. I'm anyway. not sure I agree with that statement, but no. okay. <laughs> you want more baps, don't you, Alex? Is that what you're calling it? <laughs> more Nazis. There are Nazis. Oh, they had a couple of them, and then they didn't no, really they follow had, up on it. They yeah, had just a simply whole... not enough. <laughs> <laughs> they had quite a lot, considering they had a whole parade of them at one point, and Hitler himself. Carry that on in the next film. Can you ever have enough? Is the question, I want the I time travel to be the Indiana Jones ended World War II. <laughs> Um, not news of the week but I actually had this down to tell last week so at the Arsenal Leeds game walking out after the game and I saw what was probably a 50, 60 ish year old woman with what appeared to be her son I'm going to assume it was her son now I'm assuming they go to a football club or a rugby club or something because this woman had a nickname on the back of her shirt that as her son, you definitely don't want to ever be telling people that this is your mum's nickname. He was walking right next to her. Like he wasn't keeping any distance. She had gobbler on the back of her shirt. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you're out with your mum. And someone shouts gobbler and she turns around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like that's just going to stick with me forever. Like I, I've seen some awful shirts. I've seen one outside. There's a, there's a bloke who walks around that he has "Love Always Wins" on the back of his Arsenal shirt. Oh Jesus! Yeah, and to be fair, that wasn't as bad as the uh, Chelsea Champions League winners one I saw on the back of his shirt in a service station yesterday. But yeah, he must have just been having a really good day. Love always wins on the back. Could have been Gobbler, so swings and roundabouts. <laughs> anyway, on to the Premier League season. We'll start with the title race, and I'll largely defer here. Uh, was it the game yesterday? So I've seen match of the day, but I obviously didn't get to experience it quite in the same way as it happened. Now, in the 1986 film Clockwise, starring John Cleese, his character is quoted as saying, It's not the despair, Laura. I can take the despair. It's the hope I can't stand. And I assume that largely sums up your feelings from yesterday, TK. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty spot on. Uh, why couldn't Villa have just got a hiding in the first half? And become <laughs> Which I thought was going to happen. I didn't even really think about the idea that they could win or even draw. Until they went 2-0 up and then, oh, no, I mean, we'll get on to the other games after, but it, by contrast, me and my uncle both said while at the game yesterday, if Spurs are going to score, I hope it's early before we even get a chance to score. And then within about, what, 15 minutes, we see 1-0. And then you kind of had what you expected. You could just enjoy the day for what it was at that point. Yeah. For them to tease you with not just one goal, <laughs> but two, <laughs> is just horrific. The only consolation was that we were never in front, obviously, yeah. until they went ahead. So the whole time I was actually agonising over the idea that they were going to drop points, but we weren't going to beat Wolves. Yeah. I never really had much enjoyment for the whole day, frankly. Well, I actually thought before we go through kind of the day as it happened, I've taken down all of the times that Liverpool and Man City dropped points. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to reference them to you and 
for both teams, there was just like a couple of sides that were really like a thorn in your sides. Uh, Liverpool, just to run through them, TK, jump in if there's any that you have any particular memories of. Uh, the one all against Chelsea, Reese James gets sent off in the first half. 3-3 against Brentford. 2-2 were Man City, that occurs to both of you. 2-2 were Brighton. Trossard just turned into a magician that day, I recall. They're a far side, though. 3-2 against West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, got off a, got off a plane to see that score. That was fun. 2-2 <laughs> uh, were Spurs. 2-2 mm. were Chelsea. When you had seen that. 2-2 were Man God. City. 1-1 one, one against Spurs. Now, as you reflect after it's done, you should be able to take two draws with Chelsea, two draws with Man City, and two draws with Spurs and be okay, be okay at the end of a season. That shouldn't be two derailing and two losses to West Ham and... Uh, who's the other loss to? Do you only have one loss all season? No, it's two, wasn't it? Yeah. Just looking on my list. Maybe I've missed one. There's Caught definitely myself, lots I... in... I just can't remember who two. Yeah. There's definitely two I'm losses. I'm shook here. It has to be these two. It's very obscure as well, I'm sure. Is it something like Brighton? Well, Brighton. Leicester. Um, was it Leicester, was it? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was with you, TK, because uh, you needed Liverpool for a bet to make it even worse. Oh, fuck me, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Dewsbury Hall. Dewsbury Hall turned, turned, yeah. turned into a, a dynamo. What were we doing to these players? <laughs> <laughs> when everyone expected Brendan to roll over. As a habit of that. That was an As Jack found out in the FA Cup last year. <laughs> yeah, um, some absolute daggers in there, aren't they? Jesus. And even still, in... And it's kind of a moot point by now, but most previous winners have been able to drop those kind of points and it's been largely inconsequential, but... Well, yeah, 92 points should be enough to win you the league. That <laughs> yeah. is... It's literally the highest Fergie ever managed. He never got higher than 92. No. And that was in a 42-game season. All he needed was four extra games to get that, by the way. I just see a Liverpool of that. It, it's, the... so de- it's so demoralising just to know that... Yes, it is. Be that good. <laughs> like, I would rather lose it by as much as we lost it than lose it by one point. Yeah, yeah, I would go with that. Yeah, because th- th- then you can make. Um, a- uh, I disagree with that because you at least want something to be clinging onto at the end of the season. Like, I know, but to- I'll take Liverpool season over yours if 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 we're choosing. Yeah, but to consistently finish runner-up after being so good and so consistent. But would you rather be? moaning about finishing runner-up or moaning about playing five at the back against Watford? <laughs> I just don't, I, it's a different kind of pain, isn't it? Like, you resign yourself. It's more of a dull... Well, end. neither one's pleasant, yeah. Yeah, you've just got a dull, you've got a dull tool, tooth yeah. that's going on. We just had, like, one tooth just knocked out spontaneously. I don't know. It, it, exactly that. We've got like, that dull pain that's manageable, whereas that is just, like, heartbreak. Just tw- every season, pretty much, by well, finishing one point behind City every time. The times that Man City dropped points this season, uh, a 1-0 loss to Spurs, 0-0 against Southampton. I seem to remember Salisu turned into <laughs> Cannavaro. Uh, 2-2 with Liverpool. They lost 2-0 to Palace. 1-1 with Southampton again. They lost 3-2 to Spurs. 0-0 with Palace. 
2-2 with Liverpool and 2-2 with West Ham. So City's dropped points. They dropped points twice against Spurs, twice against Southampton, twice against Palace, twice against Liverpool and West Ham. Um, they don't like those teams, do they? That is clearly not. <laughs> yeah. Crystal Palace and Spurs especially, they've got some sort of black magic over them. <laughs> I just, it's almost like the opposite of what Spurs have at Chelsea. Like they always get a result against City. It's impressive. <laughs> I, I'm... In, I'm impressed. I do recall. I do recall a five. That. I, I do recall that uh, we got a five-two victory against you at uh, Stamford Bridge. So I'm not sure when I'm was this? Saying. How far back uh, are we going? When Mourinho was still manager. When Mourinho was manager at Chelsea, I think it was. Um, when hey, Mourinho uh, was manager at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah for the second Alex time. Jones. We're not going the, back to to say Spurs don't have a thing with Chelsea, and you're quoting <laughs> a win against a Mourinho Chelsea <laughs> side. The the one, it, it, it was. It was. Um, no, it was, was like, you're thinking of the New Year's Day game and that was at Wild Lane. We hadn't lost in twenty nine years to you until we lost to you with Conte. And there's so that was I remember mistake. that. I thought that was at Stamford Bridge, my mistake. No, even still, we're we're not years. But pouring water or jets claim that Chelsea have Spurs number because you can quote one win. <laughs> well, that, it, that felt more recent than it was. I'm not talking I'm we've sure. got one over on Man City because Arteta scored against them in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that we did have an FA Cup semi-final twice in there as well. <laughs> as it happened then, TK, at this point, when Salah and Van Dijk are benched, are your, are your worries more about the final day or more, oh shit, these guys might not be back for the Champions League final? Yeah, I did start worrying, particularly... There isn't much reason not to play Van Dijk unless he is injured. So that's because, based on mine, they kind of they tried to lead you down the path of look, it was just precautionary yeah. in the FA Cup final. I was leading to think, yeah, I'm not sure it is precautionary if you're not playing in this game either. Do you, do you think it makes the Champions League final more fair if you don't get to play Van Dijk? I think for for the viewers, I think that's only right. No, give us a bit it, more spice. I. This is going to seem very much like a fan. Dinner. I think this is a close final. Everyone, I think, is kind of throwing out Madrid quite easily, considering their record, considering what they've done going into this, and considering they've basically been able to rest and rotate going into it. Whereas we've got you've... we've got players dropping like flies. For example, Nuttiago does concern yeah. me. The idea that uh, Milner or Cater is going to be filling that <laughs> void is utterly terrifying against that midfield they've oh. got. I think what you've got are several million people trying to jinx it. I saw a picture yeah, yeah. of. Um, I wouldn't dispute that. I saw a picture of Fergie on the pitch when he's doing. You got to get behind the manager, and he's saying, "I've, you've, got, I've got. I need you all to get behind Real Madrid now. You've, <laughs> you've all got to back. You're going to back the Spaniards." Yeah, of course, because then it's also if we do win, oh well, you expected to win, and if we lose, you can. <laughs> all you've got is two trophies, which yeah, there's worse spots to be in. Neto scores early. Then at this point. You've got no clue what hell City are going to put you through. Mm. Did you get yourself out of this hole quick enough that it wasn't yet too concerning? Well, yes. Yeah, so then we were obviously all over him just after. But at the same time, it was very much... We were just open to the break every single time. And we kept trying to play... Not just the high line, but trying to play people offside. And it basically turns out, if you don't have Van Dijk order in it, it's kind of... <laughs> a lot trickier. Matty and Canati just kept getting like exploited um, for doing that. I kept trying to play up and, and get found out. And obviously, we were going hell for leather going forward as well. So 
they had a lot of chances on that break where they should have done better with, I think, to be fair. I don't know what experience Jack had, but the phone signal at the Emirates is horrific. So you've got to do the thing where you go on like airplane mode for 30 seconds to try and give your phone like a boost to try and get back into it. But essentially, you could keep tabs on the score by just watching the Everton fans, who apparently the away end just had fantastic phone signals. <laughs> Have you not done the 3G trick where you switch your 4G to 3G because no one's using it? You no. Can get, you can get perfect Blimey. internet. No, I haven't. I mean, the Emirates is garbage. It, we, back when it was 3G, it wasn't any good, but I may try that in the future. They're supposed to be improving it over the summer. But the Everton fans, the security weren't fantastic on the way, and they never are. But if I tell you they let a flare off when they went behind, <laughs> it was like, we may not have another chance to use this today, so let's just get it out now. They've <laughs> had a discussion. When Liverpool went behind... More flares went off, and you thought, okay, we can see what's happening now. When City took the lead, it was like a firework display. <laughs> that away end must have looked like an Avatar film. <laughs> it was mental. The cheer. They scored a goal yesterday, and the cheer when City took the lead was insane. Um, When Matty Cash scores, TK, regardless of how long you see is left on the clock, there's no way you can't have some belief at that point. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you think the beauty of the situation was obviously they, if we could win, then they would have to beat Villa as well. So it wasn't like they could just nick a last minute equaliser or anything you thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, even at 1 0, though, the City, there's a big focus on the fact they hadn't had a shot on target in that first half, but at the same time, they did have them end in. <laughs> so uh, the chances were going to come. So I wasn't particularly optimistic still at that point, but obviously I'm sure we're going to come on to the second one. And that's well, oh. before, before that, I think if you really want to see how much Gerard wanted Liverpool to win the title is how many bruises Ollie Watkins left the ground with, because he must've oh. battered him at half time. Surely. I mean, I will oh. only watch match of the day to see the chances he missed. Honestly, I refer to him as being one of those guys where he's not clinical, but he get he's enough of a pest that he gets the chances. At some point, <laughs> you do have to take the chances. You can't just be an irritant. It is an unfortunate trait for a striker that he does seem to have a phobia of the goal. He just he does everything and he just runs in on goal. He looks utterly terrified. He always looks shocked that he hasn't scored. He believes in himself. <laughs> Give him that. <laughs> Is that were you just pulling your hair out? I don't, I've got to imagine. I'm not going to. Uh, well, I'll ask, but I think I know the answer for Connor and Alex, <laughs> who I assume were watching uh, the games unfold at home. I'm assuming you weren't gutted that Ollie Watkins was missing these chances. Uh, not well, not yeah, not not overly. Kind of enjoyed the spectacle, really. I oh, think. You, I mean, you, you sound like you loved it. I sound like you've just, I've just woken you up. <laughs> well, no, I like because I, I guess it pulls down to whether you're rooting did you for want Liverpool, Liverpool to win the league. Yeah, that's what you're asking. I, I think, I think I did. You know, I think I did. Pep was right. Pep was right. I think Alex might be maybe the only actual neutral 
in the country. I don't think there was an actual neutral, really. <laughs> no. It was Liverpool fans who wanted to win it. Everybody else didn't, and AJ, apparently. I thought I was well. more neutral until there it was the like chance you could win the league. <laughs> well, in, in my in my head, I I thought it was gonna, I thought it was gonna pan out. I thought there was gonna be. An angle which I don't think anybody saw coming because a lot of people have obviously got Liverpool winning the Champions League. Was Liverpool somehow doing it and winning the Premier League and then losing the Champions League final? It did cross my mind. And then not and then not not doing the quad that way. So I mean, it, there's playing the long game and then and then there's hoping Liverpool win the league just to maybe get your comeuppance after. He really is a sicker. <laughs> no, I I. I don't know. I, I'm not overly. I don't overly like City that much at all. I, like I. I don't really know what any mean, horrendous the, the favors they've done you this season. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't. I don't know any horrendous Liverpool fans. So it's you can't know many Liverpool fans. If anything, I get. I get. <laughs> he doesn't I get, associate with them deliberately. <laughs> I get. I get more. I get more amusement out of seeing United fans break down. I'm surrounded by more United fans and Chelsea fans. Than anything else, so anything that pisses off United and Chelsea fans more is ideal. So I guess that's a compliment to you, TK. <laughs> yeah, he's not horrendous. That's one of the higher compliments I've been paid. Well, um, well, to put it this, I watched the Champions League final with TK that we lost, yeah, and, and he didn't stick. He didn't stick in my mind as being an absolute twat that day. So, in fact. The fact that Byron stood out more in that match <laughs> should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> uh, we've had two Champions League finals. We had the one in 2006 and that one. And I think I was more emotionally invested in that one. <laughs> Connor, I'm going to assume you were a little less on the fence than Alex. Yeah, absolutely. I I was watching it with a friend who's got uh, a 13-week-old puppy. Um, the scream is going to score the second. <laughs> yeah, we everywhere. <laughs> now, what surprised me, and Jack, I'll ask you what it was like for you. The Arsenal fans genuinely seemed like they the interest just wasn't there in the day. Like I didn't see any Arsenal fans really celebrating either Liverpool or City goals. I had my phone out me and my uncle we were kind of reacting as the goals went in just the excitement really questioning why we were watching Arsenal against Everton <laughs> um, yeah no one else really seemed to care that much um, yeah no not at Stamford Bridge the we missed most of us missed the Barkley winner because we were watching the other game for fuck's sake <laughs> they, we also celebrated louder when Man City scored than when Barkley scored as well so and then it was the only time that it was any kind of it was, it was just a dreary old kind of just already signed off on holiday kind of performance from us so we were just more invested in the other games anyway and the noise around the crowd when Man City scored the winner was just absolutely insane there's various I don't I don't get in on this celebrating other teams victories but I do sounds like you had a good go yeah I do wholeheartedly <laughs> I'm not sure I'm having this from Jack <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just the model of humility. I, I'm not celebrating Man City winning. I don't like that, but I do like celebrating Liverpool losing. So it's a, it's a middle ground, somewhat. Now, I had already started loading up 
tweets in my drafts. I put a bet on at half time for under two and a half goals in the City game. Wolverhampton not to score in the second half. I was all in. I thought I'd uh, seen the future somewhat um, just by watching the stats and not seeing um, the game. I had to delete some drafted tweets after the game of uh, nice to see De Bruyne show up in a big game. Uh, that's the young player of the season for you showing up when it matters. Uh, couldn't really run those after they've won the league. Um, but that is some spirit in what we've largely held against them to do that when it really does count. Fair play, I guess. As a Liverpool fan, you can be annoyed, but it's kind of like... It's not like it was a controversial circumstance. It's not like Paul Tierney was ref. Um, You just kind of have to appreciate... Not even appreciate, but you just can't complain too much because they've done what they're supposed to do. No, no, it's, it's they're an all-time great team there's not really much you can do about it um they're watching them they feel inevitable uh and it, just the way that the setup i had i was watching uh the Liverpool game in front of me but then the screen behind me was uh the city game and so you had people sat opposite me watching that so i was just going off their reactions to this game constantly so they're going oh, oh, jumping up their seats every time city go forward Partly just to wind up Liverpool fans, partly because something was actually going on. So I'm, I've got whiplash today because the amount of times I was turning around <laughs> and looking at that and then obviously back on our game. Uh, once they got the first goal, it seemed to feel quite inevitable. And apparently it seemed quite inevitable to the Villa players as well. <laughs> they just suddenly decided we're opening up, lads. Yeah, they didn't hang around, did they? No, it was brutal once they did. But I did feel that way. So if they can get the breakthrough... They'll do it. It's just a case of when. If they can get that first goal, and the, the only thing, the only bit of gratitude I have is that we didn't get Aguero'd. I suddenly had some, yeah, yeah, some level of sympathy for United fans. I thought that must have been haunting. <laughs> How did you get past that? And you, if they'd and had you like know, a, a Jesus Aguero moment, I, I don't know that I'd have been on here. I don't know I'd be alive anymore. I think it would have been done. You just see it being Grealish as well. Oh God! Couldn't even get on the pitch, could he? Yeah. Sang that means sang that man's name last summer. Oh god, that would have hurt. Um, it was quite gutting to be missing that because it it, it was did a seem great for seventy five minutes for all its yeah didn't exactly go my way. The drama of it and then bounce because the other end of the table you had it as well, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Mental. Um, a little bit on to kind of players. I thought looking at the bench that Pep had. Now it's not a bad list of options to have but when you look back at those and we spoke about the substitutions in the Madrid game and whether they were correct these couldn't really have gone any better could they Sterling as direct as it gets Gundogan they had that little patch where he was an Everett's fantasy team last year and he kind of kicked on from from there immediately yeah, let's face it, it's being able to bring on someone like Gundogan off the bench is a pretty decent luxury to have, isn't it? So, Do you think him over Grealish was a bold pick, though, when you're looking for match winners? Potentially, but the, that guy is goals from midfield, whatever else you might say about him, with the yeah. injury record and whatever. Yeah, I do wonder about them letting him go. I do think there's a, a bit of a miss there. I think he's there's not too many midfielders like him about. Do you not think some of it is once you've won this at City, part of you does just want to go and be the main man elsewhere. 
and you probably have less pressure on what you do next. And we've spoken about it in mm. the NFL before where you get your ring and then it's like, okay, I'm going to either go for money now or I'm just going to go to play for a team that I kind of want to play for. Sure. And he was linked with us. He was, yeah, he was linked with us the day after we lost to Newcastle and it said uh, Champions League depending. It was like, I can probably tell you how this one ends. So <laughs> probably don't link him to us just now. But he's been linked with moves back to Germany. He's been linked with moves to, to oh, I guess, Spain, Italy. He's going to have no shortage of places to go. I mean, I even since some say that he might jump across to Liverpool. Good lad. Um, I would just, I would just wonder from, I, I get it from his point of view. I just wonder from City's point of view. I'm surprised they didn't try and be a bit more persuasive with him to try and keep him on. Just think, could be a bit of a mess. But in fairness. I'm sure they'll probably get a decent replacement in. They've got a fellow coming probably in. Probably get someone young as well. They've got a fellow coming in who's probably going to make the league a little bit even more dominant next year. That that, uh, that striker fellow that they've got is quite good. So. You think some of it, and there's a there's always these questions about... City, not depressed you know. at all there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this team's got Harlan coming in, so that's fun. All of these questions about City being a big club and this and that, are they, are they not? Do you think some of it is they're so reluctant to ever even ask someone twice to stay they're very much cool if you if you don't want to stay you're free to go they're not going to lower themselves or weaken themselves in any kind of way for someone that doesn't want to be there so i guess it's an opportunity if someone wants to leave right who's the next guy that we can get in yeah, the next guy yeah yeah it's true and he's good but it's not like he's irreplaceable his injury Just... record is horrendous yeah, so i'm not go sure how big. Much of a main man, he'll be elsewhere. Yeah. The only thing is, with the 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 way City play, is very much you almost don't need that power in midfield that they do get with someone like Rodri because it's like death by a thousand cuts, isn't it? They do just literally pass you off the field, so they don't have any real need to be gritty in that sense. So it's easier, I would say, for someone younger to come in, and you can get someone technically from a different league who's just fine on the ball and they don't necessarily have to blend in in the same way that even someone coming into the Liverpool midfield would have to do. Yeah, probably fair. It felt like a death, death by a thousand cuts yesterday, Christ. <laughs> They're being linked with that uh, Mateus Pereira, who's at uh, Porto, I'm going to say. Mm. It's Porto or Lisbon. It's one of those who's being linked with, um, not Mateus Pereira, Mateus Nunes. And he's being linked with kind of all of the big teams and it's just a case of who's going to pay the money and give him time to settle in so I'm sure they'll get someone nice maybe they'll go in enter the Frankie de Jong sweepstakes just to just to piss on United <laughs> yeah. just show them who the big boys are and the Rodri finish oh not bad that is it all I had in my head was City fans chanting at Arsenal did you cry when Rodri scored which hasn't been a pleasant one to have in my head because I was close <laughs> to tears when Rodri scored but Maybe they'll sing that to Liverpool now instead. Yeah, that'd be nice. We need a chant about it. <laughs> there aren't enough going around. <laughs> and you got you got Spurs with someone creating a rumour in the away end that that that, hurt. that really hurt. They did that when Spurs were at Newcastle and they were like four one down, and so they created a rumour there that we'd just uh, been pegged back. But obviously not. It's like someone goes in that away end, like that Paddy Power one with the Arsenal fan going in the Stoke end, just to <laughs> potentially have that moment and spread the misinformation. That was nasty. 
yeah, there must be some some buzz though if you're the guy that starts that and you do see everyone <laughs> pumping up around you. If bearing in mind the city game is literally on in front of me, I was looking at going, Am I missing something? Here? Are, they, are, they, are they ahead of me? I like, no, no. I don't know if anyone uses flash scores, but when a goal comes up on there, it says like big chance next to it first before it eventually flashes up. And it's almost a more sickening version of the bet 365 in play where you see oh. it just pinging back and forth because you've almost got this moment where it says big chance and you think, have they possibly got it wrong this time? And the worst case was the West Ham game where I just text Connor saying, uh, oh, love God. this, get United in that conference league. <laughs> <laughs> ruined, within honestly, five minutes I think they were two, two why were you being such a bastard on this weekend at the start what got into you <laughs> the worst was I, I wasn't even meaning to be like when oh. I apologised for, for jinxing the Liverpool game <laughs> I was genuinely apologising but at the same time I thought, if someone told me if you hadn't done that City wouldn't have come back would I do it again and I won't I won't tell you my answer <laughs> I don't think you need to I think I've, I think <laughs> I've got the idea Jack, I'm going to go to you. For all we've heard about both teams across the course of the year, did City deserve it? Yeah, I think so. I just, they're so consistently excellent that even a team that is as good as Liverpool and has as good as they have been this season just can't keep up. It's like, it's We'd have been nicking it, wouldn't we? Let's face it, we would have been nicking it. There's no getting around that. And it's like they've led as well. It's not the fact that they've been chasing. They've literally just been top all season, mm. pretty much. And that pressure of knowing that you've got a chasing pack and a Liverpool team that will, any misfortunes that you have, Liverpool are there waiting to capitalise on it. And it just just didn't materialise. I think well, literally, the, was it a loss or a draw to Spurs? That was the, what opened the door a little bit. It felt we like drew, a loss for me. It was a, it was a draw. Yeah, and that was pretty much the only real stumble they had until the final day. And then even then they came back and won 3-2. It's just it's sickening. But The draw was Liverpool. Yeah, no, yeah West Ham you were thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Even that. Two bastard teams. Yeah, <laughs> they're just so consistently brilliant. And there's that PK's cogs in his head turning and asking whether Liverpool were consistent or not. I just, they're, you look back at the... Um, we are, but we're not, aren't we? It's a weird thing. We've got yeah. 92 points, but we don't really feel like a consistent team like, like City do. It's a weird, I don't know, hard to explain. Feels like you have to scrap for your points <laughs> more than they do. <laughs> yeah, and, and then even, even in the drop points, <laughs> the, you... Go on, AJ, please. Tell me, tell me we're great. Make, make me feel better. Go on. Oh. You just say you're not consistent. You've got 92 points. You've lost two games, for Christ's sake. <laughs> what do you want? It's not good yeah. enough, Alex. If you oh, know that the best manager in the world, I want well, you know said, it sounds ridiculous, but we don't feel as consistent, even though we're on 92 points. That would be the ridiculous bit, but fair enough. <laughs> It is mad because. Uh, please do repeat what I said. Imagine if a team could like go through the whole season unbeaten. Yeah, draw merchants. <laughs> TK, um, if you could pinpoint one, what was the main moment of regret as a Liverpool fan this year? Uh, when we clawed back some of the points. We should have just never have done that. We should have just stayed, but what was it, like 14 points or whatever at one point? We should have just stayed behind. Shouldn't have ever clawed it back. That was the Pop mistake. conceded the league, didn't he? He did. He almost did the ultimate reverse jinx. 
I, but I think we had a, we had a conversation earlier in the earlier in the year where I said that Liverpool were, kept going in these really entertaining games, but were dropping points. And it's like it's all very well being a really entertaining team, but City's games are often boring, but a lot more efficient, and that tends to be good for winning a league. And I did highlight games like the Brentford one, where I said that's great. That's one of the games of the season for you all. Great back and forth. But City don't do that. They go and win it. At that point, actually, even Chelsea were winning games like that. I remember they got basically hiding off Brentford, but still won the game. Whereas Liverpool think, weren't capable of doing that in the first half of the season. I think I said at the time that we always have this focus on drop points in the second half of the season, or someone's bottled it here and here. When you look at it, more often than not, no one ever focuses on no. drop points in the first half of the year, like they count for a different value or something. It's not. That's normally where you end up coming unstuck. And if you look at our points, that's definitely what happened. Yeah, the I mean, Chelsea-Brentford-Brighton draws were all fairly close together from memory. Yeah, we were very just... I don't know. Games are like basketball games. It's just going being back compared to old Klopp, wasn't it? Yeah, you can't. You you can only win so many of those games. You'll get found out. Were you going to say something, Jack? No. Oh, I thought you started. <laughs> um, <laughs> last last thing, TK, because I'm sure we'll uh, loop back around. When you look at the last couple of years for Liverpool, and I guess you may have felt like this previously, c- can Liverpool possibly sustain this level? Because uh, it feels like it's getting harder to do so. So, and I've not seen you linked with any. Actually, to chew a many would be a big one, but it feels like you're going to have to invest on the level of City to keep up, or they're going to well, ensure it, they pull away. This is essentially the thing: if you have any chance to beat City, you have to take it because it feels like they're there. They're going to be there, and so if you get any sort of small opportunity, you've got to take it. So again, maybe this feels. Slightly ridiculous again, but a missed opportunity. Anytime you drop points, feels like a missed opportunity because you've got to have this very, very small window and you don't know how long it's going to last. Um, how they're going to replace certain parts of it, like Salah and Mane, will ultimately probably determine how sustainable it is. But you are right. This is and this is where the the resources of City kind of it's a good little security blanket for them. Is that they're always going to be there, whereas Liverpool might, but they, there's a, probably a stronger chance that they don't sustain it, if I'm honest. I've yeah. seen some, and sorry, I'll go to you, I'll just ask you this question. Um, you see a lot with the fans that were kind of going in on Liverpool yesterday, like I saw several tweets and it was, you're telling me Klopp's got one of the best Premier League teams of all time, yet they've only won one of the last five leagues. How can you call this a rivalry? Is this, <laughs> is one, I saw the... Kobe Bryant meme and it's like him and someone else combined for 63 points he got 62 points the other guy got one <laughs> and there has to be some level of shame like if I I'm going to celebrate is. <laughs> well, this, is, this is the thing there has to be some level of like realism like I could never go some may disagree full retard like that where you're just completely <laughs> ignoring something just to make the point like you can't look at this Liverpool team and be calling them bottlers you can't say and people say this is such a great team blah 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 we're seeing it right in front of us so I understand getting your jokes off first and foremost but there has to be a point where you acknowledge it Jack do you think one do you think these jokes are just fair game and two do you think in the long term it's going to be possible for Klopp to get the level of respect that he possibly should for these teams and their performances, because on paper, it's just not going to look like that. I mean, all's fair in love and football. I mean, the comparisons 
Yeah, we're talking about Chelsea next, so that's probably a good good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously it is just a joke. It's like it's not I, I wouldn't really say there's any substance behind any of those claims at all. But it's just funny to be able to use it as a stick to beat them with when you're feeling particularly sore that you've lost two of every two finals and penalties this season. Um, not that they hurt at all. Um, <laughs> but look, at the end of the day, the way that I'd rather watch Liverpool play football than Man City, um, if I was a neutral and had no feelings towards anything other than the football that was being played in front of me, they're more insane to watch, I feel. And it's just more interest behind it. And I guess if you were, I don't know, if you're watching this in another country or something like that, or um, like being in Europe, like we kind of look in on La Liga and whatnot, you'd, you'd have an affinity with what Klopp's built, how he's built it. I know they've spent a lot of money and people love to bring up the spend versus Man City and 800 million spent and all that. But it's not just the sports washing transfers of right. 60 mil transfer, 60 mil transfer, 60, what the hell's going on in the backgrounds? There's something else going on other than that 60 mil transfer. Right. That's, that's, that's all they pay. That's the only this can't be you saying this. Like, at least ours are fucking mental. At least ours are like, like 100 million and your dad gets a house. These are like, these are like 60 million across the blanket. But you don't know what the season. sheik's doing around the community in Manchester. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably doing a lot, but at least they're, at least we're upfront about it. Like, I, oh, I don't like this image that they've created for themselves. That they're brilliant. Um, at least we're honest with ourselves that we know where we where the money's come from. You are not honest with yourself, Jack. And we can go back about ten episodes. And if anyone wants to listen back to that, <laughs> hey, but Jack's telling me we know where Roman gonna was going to build some flats for the OAPs around Stamford Bridge. He can't be a war criminal. That, that's, that's not the case. He bought them often <laughs> so he could demolish them to make the new stadium. But we digress. I look at this. I look at this Liverpool team. One, do I think they can sustain it? TK is one hundred percent right. It's all about who they recruit next because you know City are just a a machine where they've got these parts that they can just let go like Gundogan and then get someone else in that will fit that fit that model. Whereas I don't feel that the football, because it's so intriguing the way Liverpool play, unless you go and find like a Jota or a Diaz that are very bespoke for the positions that you're buying for, it's not where you can go and buy a big marquee signing and just hope that it works. It's so intricate. Whereas Man City is basically just like, right, you do that job, you do that job. We'll cut it back from the six-yard box, and no one can stop it. They were so, prepared to let Bernardo leave twelve months ago. Crazy, isn't it? Like, it just—that's why I feel that there's just an inevitability about City, as TK's mentioned before, where they all are so perfect at what they do. It's rare, very rare that it all goes wrong when three have a bad game. For them to lose, you've got to have four of their players having off days for them to lose a game. Yeah. Last, yeah. last thing about this, TK, for all of the pain that there must have been yesterday, there must have been some consolation that you do have a Champions League final this weekend. I, it must have, it would have been far worse if you didn't have that as kind of the silver lining. It's not bad, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. Um, I saw someone point out, I've been laughed at when we were sort of seventh or eighth in the table. So, I'd probably rather be laughed at for being second and having like a League Cup than FA Cup. If that's the, the worst case scenario for this season. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong I'll, with FA Cup. I'll take I'll take those. It's not bad. 
I'll go to Connor and Alex before we move on to uh, Chelsea. So I had 6.06 on on the way back from the game yesterday and I saw on BBC Sport today Mika Richards crying on there saying, I don't understand how people can say City are boring. People need to stop this now. People need to stop talking about the money. Can can you imagine both of your teams, neither of you really win much. Um, can you imagine winning a trophy like that and your first thing being complaining about how other people feel about it? It's insane. It, yeah, like you, you've got to live in the moment. I can't actually imagine what it's like to win a trophy apart from the Betway Cup. Knock on Alex. Uh, the real quiz. But it, it also exactly. It also goes. Down. I don't know. Smashing, smashing, smashing Arsenal in the North London derby and and uh, and uh, derailing their hopes of Champions League football did feel pretty good. Not, like Not a trophy. trophy Go on, Connor. Um, <laughs> it, but similarly to that, I think the final whistle went everywhere, and one of the first tweets I saw was a Tottenham fan going, "Ha ha." West Ham in the Conference League. <laughs> You've just secured Champions League football and you're tweeting about West Ham. Like that's the main takeaway from that final day as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the drama has gone on. They found that niche thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such an odd thing to be moaning about. Whether he was just expecting to win it anyway, which if you are a City fan, you probably are. But you, you, can't, you can't, like, I would not be bothered what anyone, like, pump 200 million into West Ham. I, we win the league, and if someone goes, oh, it's all about the money, I will gladly tell them, yes, it is. It's weird fight they've got against their perception. It's kind of mad. In the, I don't think they get any of the flat. They should get all the stuff Jack's just brought up about like the sports watching stuff and the level of spend. Or whatever. I don't think they really get that much heat for it because people tend to bring it yeah, up and then people get kind of annoyed about it and sort of like, no, we'll put that to one side. By contrast, I think Chelsea basically took all the heat that City probably would have got because they kind of became the villain who spent all the money. And City kind of always got away with it, mainly because they're going up against teams that people hate. Because, so, <laughs> but, but, I, I but still, maybe, maybe, maybe I think, I think everything to... could be caveated with that. And we don't, we get, we give them a fair amount of leeway. And they don't but, seem to appreciate that. They seem to want everyone celebrating for it. The thing That's is, with City, like, if, if you go and say that, there's no one to say it to because no one really knows a City fan or. And yeah. a historic City fan is that bought into it. So we can sit here and say it's sports washing and we all just go, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Whereas if you said that to me, I'll be, like, I'll be fighting the corner. And that's why they get away with it so much because there's literally no one there to argue their case. I think it's probably it's, a comfort it's blanket. It's when they it? win things as well. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah. You cop a lot more flack if you've pumped a load of money into it and nothing happens. But I'm just looking on Twitter at the moment and I'm seeing the preparations for the City bus stop parade. And Honestly, I've seen busier libraries. <laughs> Whereas, like, Liverpool, if they'd won it yesterday, I would see nothing else for weeks. They're having but, a parade regardless of whether they win the Champions League or not, by the way. Quick side note on that so, topic. Don't even see the Sunday League team that obviously came top of their division and got an open top that's around. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. We should have done that for our 5 side team. That would have been brilliant. There was someone, this old woman phoned up 606 and she was giving both barrels to Chris Sutton. Because he was saying, always fun. But why are they so happy? They should, or they they should be winning the Champions League with the money they've spent. And she was ringing up after half an hour after they've won, well, an hour after they've won the league, saying, "Don't tell me that I'd rather win the Champions League. That's a bonus. I'd rather win the Premier League. So don't be saying that." And he's as irritated as he was being yesterday. He was saying, "Why? Do, I understand what you want to say to me." 
surely you've got better things to do after this than me ringing at me. <laughs> get off the phone. <laughs> and having a go at me. He just I kept making these why... snide little Arsenal remarks. I think this is why, again, like, we didn't mind City winning the Premier League. They always do that. That's what they do. But it's hilarious that they're not winning the Champions League. So it almost feels like a bonus for the neutral that doesn't have a dog in this fight. It's like, well, we've got no one that's going to rub it in our, no- rub our noses in it. And they still haven't won a Champions League, so you still have that over them. And I think you can, I think everyone could probably tell themselves that, well, look, if we had City's owners, we would do this as well. Whereas by contrast, if Liverpool wins something, it's a little bit like, oh, this feels a lot more uncomfortable. Whereas you can kind of just tell yourself, City has basically just won the lottery and this could happen to anyone. How true or not that is, you can at least tell yourself that, I think. Liverpool have got the uh, LeBron owners. Newcastle will be the uh, case study on that. See how quickly they Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I think City peaked um, when uh, the Aguero moment happened and they beat United. I think from that point, every victory that they have moving forward from a trophy perspective, it doesn't quite hit the same just because United aren't, what United aren't what they are anymore and they don't have that rivalry really against any of the club. And that was really the first time where everybody was just fully behind City willing them on to beat United to that first title. Just like you don't like everybody was in and like the city can bask in the attention that they were getting from all the other fans sort of cheering with them. They don't get that anymore. Like I just I think they probably had it on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It certainly, what, it certainly it felt like it right the timeline. Yeah. What what I've been trying to like straighten out in my mind is that there's all this argument, oh the Premier League's got worse, look at the two horse race or I don't know if it's I think they started like this season. Like the smaller the, well, the small teams or the mid-table teams are taking more points off the, the people finishing around three, four, five. I'm, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of it that I think teams are so well-drilled and professional now that it's easier to pick off points if you're on an off day, which is why Liverpool and City is such freak performances because they're so consistent. Because Man City are consistent, like I said before, and Liverpool are consistent where they'll do unexpected things. It's like someone said that Mo Salah dribbling is like when you get the answer right in an exam, but all the working out's wrong. Like it just <laughs> it does, sometimes doesn't. You don't know how he gets to the end goal, but he always seems to score. So if that runs out for Liverpool, be worried that City are just going to be so well-oiled that we're going to see a pretty big dominance for the next well decade or so. Well, let's move on then. So uh, Chelsea third place. The- the ultimate nothing season. I resented even writing my notes for this. <laughs> the only interesting thing about their campaign has been Lukaku's interviews and Roman's position as a war criminal, which on cue now Jack will say. Say it, Jack. Nope. Not gonna say it. <laughs> Not a war criminal. He's just he's just his mate. Just you, can't, you can't take him down he's just for a that. Very wealthy boy. Yeah. <laughs> wrong third, place, wrong time. Third place. <laughs> 19 points off the top. You've been a disgrace this season. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. I mean, two penalty shootouts go a different way and we're sitting in four (laughs) Well, congrats. You were the first losers in the FA Cup and the League Cup. What the hell are we supposed to say about that? World champions. All right, those trophies don't count for Liverpool. But, but we're also world champions and European Super Cup champions. The world they, completed, they completed football this year, don't forget. Carabao that. Cup meant more than that. Well, this this is my point. Like, if this is our bad season, imagine what like, we get all our players back fit and firing. So. 
Oh yeah, imagine Like I said yesterday, Ben Chilwell comes on, he's on the same pitch as Reece James, score winner. So you're playing Watford, a relegated Watford. I know, honestly, it was dour. It was awful. I say that as someone that was celebrating goals against Everton. Yeah, I was. I was sat there watching it, and I was just like, I'm choosing to watch this over the title race and the relegation battle, but. That's why I'm saying you're a disgrace. Everyone was saying Chelsea. I mean, more people picked Chelsea to win the league on our preseason predictions than Liverpool. No, more people picked Chelsea to win the league than Liverpool to be in the top two. And it started that way. But like I said, the injuries, I mean, I've said it plenty of times and I'll say it again and I'll get half that again. The injuries that happened throughout November, December with the interview, then coupled with having eight COVID cases and to play three games and not calling things off. Only team in the Premier League to not have a game called off because of COVID. Forced to play that. Then the Club World Cup. Then we get sanctioned, which just creates all sorts of nonsense. Can't, oh, we've got back, was that? We've got a back four that are all on their way and we can't get them to sign new contracts. Uh, uh, these can. are all self-inflicted problems. <laughs> yeah. They're not... Yeah, but they're, they're systematic of the team. We, the team it's systematic do. of a team that just constantly sells young players for profit to fund the owner's business while you keep playing these 30-year-old wing-backs that now you're going to sell and then complain you don't have a defence. Pre-season, not, you were just, saying, we've got multiple starting 11s. You could look at these before, two and, they're and both, they could probably both finish in the top four. And we did before they all got injured and we were forced to play Aspilicueta and Alonso. He what was part of a starting 11, you said. It right centre back probably, not a wing, not having him running up and down. Oh, the wing, like thirty three years old. You can't but spend the money you think, do, uh, and then cry that you had a couple of injuries. You've had no me, more injuries than anyone else. We had more injuries than you did. We had a smaller squad. Yeah, and then you had three games called off because of it. We had one game called off because of it. Let's yeah. not let's not get too out of hand here, Mister Gary Neville. <laughs> We, um, I think, uh, I think to be fair, the, the one decisive thing for Chelsea, the one decisive thing for Chelsea is that ultimately Lukaku didn't work. Yeah. I, I, that, that's it. That's. I think all the other problems that you've mentioned, obviously the whole sanctions a big thing, but I think if your team's firing, if anything, that just ignites you even more to go on. But I, I think the, the key thing is that your marquee signing that was going to be the cherry on top of the cake in your squad didn't work and it all fell apart from there. Totally agree. And it was one of those where, I, if you look at the goals against, we conceded more, seven more than Liverpool did. So there's a couple of freak performances against Brentford and Arsenal where he shipped eight goals. And you take that out. And hey. that's a so very, it can't be your defence's fault, then. It's a very, it's a very solid place. <laughs> He's done you. Yeah, we can't score goals. That's Which is weird, issue. considering how much you spend. And strike yeah, you've got a 60 million winger. I don't understand. Like It doesn't work. I don't. I just don't... We have to bring Ross Barkley on. We couldn't even get a squad number at the start of the season to get us a winner against relegated Watford. So I totally agree. It's been an I'm so glad to see the back of the season. Um, buying a shit in the transfer window won't always stick. On that Ross Barkley note as well, I was I, I was sent a message from a Chelsea fan after I'd been questioning why he's even in the squad. You know, it's got to be some form of money laundering. He scores <laughs> the winner against Watford and I get the message, ah. Oh, Who's talking shit about Ross Barkley now? <laughs> He's going to be your Lingard next year. I mean, he, if he could... He's Don't got some it. decent games in him. If he goes to, like... If he went back to Everton... Like Everton, oh my God. Do you hate them? What are you trying to do to that club? <laughs> he's just... 
least he has a shot. I mean, I'll give him that. Frank just decides, look, Delhi, you and Ross are in the middle. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Do you do you remember that probably like two week period last season where Jack was just well back on the Ross Barkley hype train? <laughs> yeah. It was pre-season, pre-season Barkley. That's what it was. It just, he just charms me. Oh, real. Jack, genuine, genuine question. In the league this season, what would you say the high point was? I, funny enough, I was having this conversation with my dad on the train home yesterday. I was like, I'm trying to look back at the highlights here. I know um, what I think it was. It was probably beating Spurs 2-0 at home. That I, that was probably the high point. Or winning the Club World Cup final. But apart from that, it's just been a season of expectation and disappointment. Having witnessed two final losses on penalties in the flesh. That's enough to really ruin anyone's season. Not the Pulisic equaliser against uh, Liverpool. That was the loudest I've heard Stamford Bridge all season was when that happened. And like it was great. And if we just played a bit more just free free flowing, which is not in our own heads for like most of the season, it would have been great. But we we did a topic. I, I, was, I was genuinely trying to figure that out myself, which which is like what have I taken out of the season out of the money spent and the miles travelled that I've actually really enjoyed. We did a topic <laughs> just after Christmas where I asked you about Chelsea fans being fed up with the style of football that Tuchel plays. And I told you... And you it, took it, great offence to it. Yeah, and I told you it would last until the results stopped coming in. And to be fair, the way that he plays football, we haven't had the players available this season consistently for it to work. He's had one sign-in that he's signed himself, which, let's be honest, I don't even think he had much to do with the Lukaku sign-in. I think you go and let him get the players he wants. I'm not saying we haven't spent money. I'm just saying that they may not be the system, but a few square pegs and round holes at the moment. I'm any other managers then criticised for not changing his system? Um, we've got such a solid base, and when we can score, it works and it wins trophies. It wins. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah, but. And let's not forget, he's won three trophies since he's been here. He's also lost three finals, understandably. It's got to be more but, than three finals. No, we've, we've, he's got us to six finals in 18 months. I mean, you can't argue with that. If we're not well, going to argue with the, the league, with the record. I mean, yeah, but if you lose twice to the best runners up this country has ever seen, supposedly, on penalties. What about the other one? Because I can already name you two other cup finals he's lost. Yeah, and then Frank, was, one of them was Frank, actually. One of them, but... was, one of them was Frank, yeah, and the other one was Leicester. So I think the Leicester one stunned the most because that was the one like, you'd expect to win. <laughs> oh, but, God, yeah. yeah. But Chill well there. Back, looking back on this season, uh, he's won two finals, lost two finals on penalties to Liverpool. I mean, you take that. But the performance what is... What do you know? It doesn't sound like you Stop do. there. Yeah. What do you mean you take that? <laughs> you take it. Go if on. You, really, you would take that. As an I would take fan. losing a cup final. You take getting to four. I take getting to a cup finals. To be fair. Jack, you just yeah. said you lose two cup finals on penalties. You take that. Yeah, because what kind penalty... of loser mentality have penalty... they got at Chelsea? Penalties can go either way. But that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean you take you take the loss. Well, what, what do you expect me to do with it? Contest it. Well, I would say after the first loss, get better at penalties. It, it is what it is. <laughs> we lost one. They got worse. Get a specialized keeper. <laughs> I mean, bring him on. The... Maybe have a mace that uh, is worth a bit of money. The first penalty shootout was 21 penalties were taken. I mean, that is just, it was just nuts. The keeper loses it. Like, I think can't... it's pronounced Kepper. 
<laughs> but oh, yeah, unless... disappointing. But we go again. Is that what you're going to tell me? Let's just see if we can keep everyone fit. Let's see if uh, you're still in the football league next season, because uh, Roman <laughs> loves Chelsea, but he does want his money back. Anyway, let's move on to more depressing matters, and that is the battle for top four. Uh, as expected, Spurs did seal fourth place on the final day. Arsenal lost five of their last ten, um, and that ultimately did cost them. Alex, is it as simple as to say that the battle was won on deadline day in January? Uh, not at all. No. no, not at all. I uh, I think it was always going to be uh, that North London derby was the uh, where the battle was won. So Kulishevsky and Benton Kerr playing there didn't help? No, it helped. But, you know, it's a, it's, it's a contributing factor. Everything's a factor. But the decisive, the victory was at North London Derby. So if Spurs don't sign any players in January, you think the season still ends the same? Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, anyone else want to chip in here? Jack? What do you think? I think it's just a different manage, difference in managers. You get Conte in and he'll deliver you a result. You stick with Lego Ed and... Wow. Wow. He is a Lego Ed. <laughs> that, re- that reaction is actually better than the original. Jesus. I don't think... Jack, have you ever been as funny as that before? For, especially for a term that was derived from Dennis Wise, anyway. <laughs> that's, that's what Conte delivers at the end of the day. He delivers results. He wasn't delivering that He's a before, before, before they got more players in. I mean, you don't know that. The thing is, I don't get like this narrative of Arsenal losing the... Losing the the top four in the January transfer window, regardless of the business that Tottenham made in January, Arsenal are still the biggest spenders this season. They went into this season with the most money uh, spent. I don't see what they're whinging about. It wasn't quite as simple as plain as cut and dry as that. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, and then whinging about letting all the players go. Like, you know, that's self-inflicted as well. Like you labelled Chelsea with a second ago. So it's, it's it's very much, you had the most money spent on you going in. You had the most money going to spend on you. In fact, if you go back to deadline day, I I ranted for six minutes straight about the fact that it was self-inflicted. But you did still have the most money spent on you going into the season on transfer fees. And correct. I think I think that I think that carries into the by even including the January transfer window. I'm not sure it does. I mean, Spurs. I think it does. Spurs I checked said, the statistics earlier, and it did. So, but Spurs technically, spent, you spent more money than anybody else, and you failed to deliver. Not correct. Spurs spent sixty million on a centre back at the start of the season. Correct. Worth every penny. But they spent sixty million on a centre back. We correct, yeah. Yeah. They spent forty million on Kulishevsky. So we've got a hundred million on two players. Arsenal spent one hundred twenty million on seven players. Yeah, but fifty million on one of them. Yeah, fifty million, <laughs> and, he, and he was uh, absolute success. 
There hasn't been a better English centre back in the league this season than Ben White. Who's been a better English centre back? Great daughter, fat. I, I, no, for anyone that laughed there, I'd be interested to hear who we're saying here. John Stones. Hasn't played as many games as Ben White in and out of the team. And he's still been better. Still, still better, yeah. He hasn't been better than Ben White. Yeah, he's been better, man. Romero's played half the games of Ben White and he's still better. Is Romero English? Or have we... I know he's not. I know, I know he's not English, but I'm just making the point that it doesn't matter how many games Ben White's played, he can still not be as good as other players who have played. Romero, Romero is not better than Ben White. To get, oh, to, get, to get the measurement of the man, all you need to know is he prefers being called Benjamin than Ben. No, and that that was never even a thing. The question that he was asked in that interview is, "Your name on Twitter is Benjamin. Why?" And he said, "Well, because that's what my mum called me." And that was that was the interview that was so outrageous. The way he's, the his, way he his said it, Benjamin White. Well, clearly he, he clearly doesn't like being interviewed, or he doesn't like being asked stupid questions. It was very of the Andrew Cole esque, and that wasn't that was never a good thing. Yeah, look, some, sometimes you just want to be called a different name, but I think that was Arsenal were in a very good position. Then they sold about we well we spoke on the build up, so I won't rehash the whole thing. We let six or seven players go in January and the belief was as deadline day approached that surely a central midfielder and or a striker were going to be coming through the door. They didn't do that. And by the end of the season, there was just nothing left in the legs of the players and tried to fall over the line. Didn't quite manage to do it. Yeah, I, I, your lack of business in January is just unforgivable. We're going to come on to West Ham. Same story with them. <laughs> Um, it's literally that's you've been at a crossroads and you've both decided right we're, we're not going to do it which to be honest smacks of a lack of ambition doesn't it really at the whether it's boardroom level or what they 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 essentially it was like okay we're going to get Vlahovic or nobody well Vlahovic and uh, Arthur was the other one who Eddie wanted but yeah he is but at the same time if Juve are that desperate to get him out of the door. You, you've got to know, haven't you, whether you get any these guys, as you said. For sure, Vlahovic, for sure. Vlahovic one felt a reach at any point. So you've got to have, it, presumably, a backup. I'm not saying you've just got to sign anyone, but you it could have got, got Solon in and just, I don't know, it's a huge, huge miss. I thought you were going to get away be, with it. Yeah, it didn't need away to be the summer signing, did it? It needed to be someone better than Lacazette. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Actually, even actually, if you go, if you just went in for someone like Isaac or whatever, you're not going to be charged more for him in January than you would in the summer. No. It's going to be a big sum regardless. I hope we don't sign him, to be fair. <laughs> but if you were going to go for, like, whoever you were going to sign was going to cost yeah. you some money. Yeah. So you're not going to spare it by going in the summer. And you've just missed out on a big pot by not getting in Champions League. For sure. I, I actually think it's testament to Arteta that by the end of the season, he was still battling for top four with Lacazette and Ketia, Cedric, Tavares, Elneny holding. And as I said previously, entirely self-inflicted, they took a cal- what they felt was a calculated risk in January that they could get over the line with what they had and it would be cheaper or you'd get different targets in the summer. And it hasn't paid off. I've got to question whether there was some hesitancy and I'll mock it because I think it's a stupid way to go about it anyway, whether the very quickly it was, okay, well, Maybe we weren't ready for the Champions League. Maybe this we weren't quite ready for that next step yet. 
Arteta yet hadn't signed his new deal, I don't know how much played into it of whether, you know, a football manager where you get offered to change the expectations, they'll give you a bit more money, but then they'll judge you hard, more harshly at the end of the season. I don't know how much of that came into it, but I think if I have to put it down, and there are a varying number of factors, I think if I have to put it down to one moment where the top four race changed, it is in January where Spurs bring in Kuliszewski and Benton Kerr. Kuliszewski, obviously, what's it? Eight goals, three assists between then and the end of the season. Benton Kerr, who is largely similar to what, to what I would have said about the striker signing. I don't think Benton Kerr is necessarily the guy who was going to take you to the promised land, but he's a guy that was better than Harry Winks and he was a guy that was better than Oliver Skip. And that was all the Spurs needed. You couple that with there are there were a couple of moments where Conte's experience showed and Arteta's lack of experience showed. I would highlight Xhaka being played at left-back after Partey's mm. been injured against Brighton and then playing Lukonga as a lone man in the middle. And just the, to- the, the moments where for the games that Spurs did lose in that time, they got themselves out of some ruts. Arsenal in that last five games, they had the three games back-to-back, Southampton, Brighton and Palace. And then there was the two games, Newcastle and Spurs, and they didn't rebound from there when perhaps a more experienced manager with some better players, let's, let's not forget, is able to turn that around. I, I just, I think that as far as, our, as as far as you want to compliment Arteta, I think he's at his peak there. He's not a Champions League manager. He's, a, he's at best a Europa League manager. Uh, I don't think you're going to get players that want to play for him in the Europa League. And I don't think you just get players full stop when you look at what's available in the Premier League now, wanting to choose him as an option to work I mean, under. There's been nothing but glowing reviews of the players that have signed to play with him. The players that have criticised him have been ones where haven't particularly flourished since moving on, with the exception of Saliba, and we still don't know whether he'll come back. It's a calculated risk when you go in with Arteta and you say, where can you take us? I'd say so far we've seen improvement every single year. As I said, the fact that he was able to be in this position with those players. If we're going to talk about European records, I mean, let's look at Conte's European record for a start. And sometimes it isn't just a case of bringing in the best manager. Spurs have just had Mourinho, Pochettino and Conte back to back and have nothing to show for it but a DVD of a North London win against Arsenal. You, you, you had the most money spent on you going into this window. Well, we've just I, said... I, I cannot, I cannot, you've that. used that. You've used that against Chelsea. You've used that against City. And you've used it against Liverpool. But it doesn't seem to be a factor when it comes to Arsenal. The well, fact that you had the most money no, spent on you. No, because yeah, you're spending that money. That there's money no, is on there's top no, of what there's no excuse. There's no excuse here. There there's no excuse for you. Well, going into this season, you had one of the best strikers in the Premier League. You would no, argue no, the no. best striker in the Premier League. And no, you had, you had you, the, the way you spoke about it at one point, you were saying that every player, there's not a single Spurs player that makes it into the Arsenal side. There's across. two players. There's two so players. Because I'll tell you now. Because you've contradicted yourself all the time. No, I haven't. I think we have the third best start in 11 in the league. Wow. And yet you finished fifth. Oh, because look at the players that were injured. Christ. Oh, my word. This, this last few weeks for Lucas is showing on his mind. You can't go through the Spurs team and outside of Kane and Son, and I'll entertain an argument on Romero, I think it's fairly cut and dried. There's no other players to get in the Arsenal team. Oh, the God. issue is the issue is that oh, Tierney hasn't been there. It's been 
Tavares. <laughs> Tommy Asu hasn't been there. It's been Cedric. And most notably, it hasn't been uh, Party. It's been Lakonga or it's been Elneny. That's where it's fallen away. When yeah. you look at the, the level we've reached, when the first team has been there, the results speak for themselves. When we've got our back four there, they concede under a goal a game. The issue is keeping them together. Now, I could have told you that Tierney isn't going to last a full season. From Party's track record at Arsenal, I could have told you that he wouldn't last a full season. So you can point at that and say the investment should have come in there. But it hasn't gone that way. Speaking to the investment that Arsenal have done, when it's spread across six or seven players, all 23 and under, that's very different to spending... 70 million on Kai Havertz, 100 million on Lukaku. So it's a bit different there. United, undoubtedly, if we were to get the full figures, spent more than any other Premier League team in this season. The wages for Varane, the wages for Ronaldo alone, would double. Ronaldo's wages are more than the every Arsenal signing this season combined. So let's have a bit of context here. I'm all for a bit of... Uh, back and forth, but I was hoping you'd come with a bit more facts than uh, what you've been coming with. The facts are there, Luke. I hope you, you yeah, just, I'll just explain them. <laughs> what, I do, what I do think there are issues with Arteta is this is increasingly his squad. And if it's not good enough, I do think that's partly on him. It's obviously partly on the club as well. Sure, he's, he's signed one attacker so far in his time at the club and it was a free transfer of William. Yeah, and, and I get the feeling that he obviously, obviously wanted Aubameyang out. And I think was comfortable with a smaller squad. Now, okay, that's fine. Yeah. If you get over the line, you go, well, congratulations, you 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 had the right idea. But if it does come short, it's got to be on him a little bit as well. I think his Absolutely. fingerprints are all over it. I, I, my thing with Arteta, and I, I said before, for about a quarter of this season, maybe longer, the season before, I was very much Arteta out. At the point when I realised the guy wasn't being sacked, and in line with when... We went on an unbeaten run and I started to see more attacking football being played. I wasn't going to waste the energy in wanting the guy sacked because it was fairly useless. Not going to happen. Wanting Unai Emery out nearly was the death of me. And it took a Kamada from Frankfurt to get that over the line. Um, so I've chosen to look at the improvement that has been there and I wouldn't absolve him of any blame at all. I've pointed out that I think they set up wrong against Spurs. I think putting Rob Holding that tight against Sun was something that perhaps when you've got the whiteboard out and you're saying this is the game plan, probably looks like a very good game plan, but you then have to look that it is Rob Holding closing down Sun and see maybe there's a few issues there. This season will be the one where I think there's going to be no questions. It's going to be top four or bust next season. I think when you look at our squad on paper, it can't be that in pre-season, only one of us, and that's me, has Arsenal anywhere near the top six. And then suddenly we don't get top four and it's, well, Arteta, what a disaster. Because much like we said about Liverpool, and this is the only comparison I think you can have with the two teams, he'd be facing less criticism if we hadn't come this close. And when you get this close, you yeah. do need to get yeah. over the line. But there are some mitigating factors in but, that you are looking at Cedric and Nketiah to get you over the line where it just couldn't get there in the end. Saka played 38 games this season as t at 20 years old and you could quite clearly see by the end there was nothing left. So there's been a few points where he look, he's a little knackered. Yeah. But yeah, but then if, if we had the title in our hands for three games to go, if we were ahead and didn't, we'd be getting hammered. Also, hypothetically, if we had it in our hands for three games to go and one of our players slipped maybe 
we'd probably get hammered. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, but I imagine we would have. Well, yeah, I think there is. I think Arsenal do deserve so a certain it, amount of bigger, criticism. Yeah, bigger picture. I think you can say, look, fifth is a, is a good enough achievement for Arsenal this year going in. It's just that, particularly when I think that run of Palace, Brighton, and Southampton yeah, yeah. was where it died. I think you should have got a result in at least one of those games, if not two. And then this this whole thing never happens. The Tottenham game isn't the significant. You get the job done. So it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a big missed opportunity. The issue has been not drawing games. Arsenal have drawn three games this season, mm. which is level with Watford, I believe. And there has to be a point where if you're not going to win the game, you don't lose it. And Arsenal have got three points from a losing position all season. That's another area that needs to be addressed. And so yeah. it's quite clearly to see where the things have gone wrong. But I don't look at Spurs and say they're an insurmountable team to get past. I look at them as saying they've taken more of a gamble so far. And ultimately, they've got two of the best attackers in the league that got them over the line. There's nothing else about them that concerned me. Aubameyang, for Alex said earlier that I was coming into the season calling him one of the best attackers in the league. I spent all of last season complaining about how bad he was then. It just so happened that it got worse this season. Since his new contract signed, he's been dreadful. So I don't know if... I think uh, maybe in two weeks' time, Alex, if you reflect upon this, maybe see some of the things you've said. You maybe will apologise to I, I, I think. I, I, think uh, I, I, I think. I think. Still being, I, I think he's still being contradictory to yourself because, regardless of what form Amabamian was in at the end of last season, going into this season, he's still known as one of the best strikers in the Premier League. By who? You've got to think. Think. You've, you, we criticised Chelsea earlier for not not making Lukaku work, and that was obviously the end of their. Jesus, Lukaku's just cost them a hundred million not, this season. Not, yeah, it doesn't. It's still. It's, it doesn't matter about the transfer fee. What it means. What it means Bamian's is thirty-two you, years old. If you, if you, if Arsenal as a club and Arteta as a manager hadn't messed up the situation with Ambami and I understand both parties are responsible. Well, where no, you hang might, on. No, where, uh, where, can you explain you that? Been, where, where you might have been. Where you might have been at the end of the season with a, a bit of firepower, even Ambamiang firing seventy percent of what we know he could do, got you over the line. So, look at our points per game with Aubameyang this season. Look at the points per game without him. The, Aubameyang was not the answer. I don't know why this is still being brought up at this time of the season. That you would rather you, you you tell me you would rather have Lacazette up front than Aubameyang. No, I'd rather Anketia came in sooner. So you'd rather Anketia going into the season. You would have rather not had going into the season. Aubameyang. Very... There you go. There you go. But you've not said that it's just mismanagement of Aubameyang though. Right. Would you know because would you they, not rather have got rid of Arteta and got someone else and you could have got the best out of? Aubameyang? No, because Aubameyang, the same issues happened eventually at Barcelona have started to happen now. He was being blamed for them going out of uh, the Europa League. He's missing big chances. The it whole thing was glaring this again, Frankfurt. The, the whole thing was ultimately that we had, in the same way that United do, United are having to cater their entire style to Ronaldo. The difference between the two is Ronaldo is still putting the ball in the back of the net. I don't think you can look at the start of the season and say Aubameyang wasn't given enough of a chance. Mm, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, he, he had, what, three games, in three goals in like the first 12. And the turning point was he missed that absolute stinker against Newcastle from on the line. He, oh, then, says, he then says he's going away to help his mum, doesn't come back, and it's believed to be the third or fourth time he's had disciplinary issues. And if you've got if you're going all in on having a young squad, 
you then can't have the guy that's uh, setting the example being a disaster around. I think it's very convenient for Arteta that you can get these guys out of there because the club, not many clubs, are going to pay this amount to just cut ties. So I think I think there's a there's a level of blame that does need to be attributed to him. I just don't think the Abamyang one is one of them. No, I don't think your season was one I lost on that. I'm not getting a replacement in potentially. No, yeah, that's 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 where it is, and this is where I think what Alex is getting at is I'm not saying it isn't a bottle. If Spurs had been in the same position that Arsenal had been in, and Arsenal had got over the line like they did a few years ago where they lost on the last day at Newcastle. It would have been Spurs. I'd be making I'd be making I'd be making the same uh, comments about it being a bottle. But you I beat Newcastle. you beat Newcastle. Oh sorry, I'm getting confused with when you qualify for the champion roles are reversed and you just needed to win on the last day of the season. Yeah, sorry. You, you lost to a relegated Newcastle. Um No, we didn't we didn't no, that's the different season. Different season. I'm uh, I Move on. I'm mixing, yeah. I'm mixing up two different situations. Okay. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. We so can't get back for every year. You fucked it. No, I'm saying <laughs> if, 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 if Spurs with three games to go had it in their hands and didn't get it, I would laugh. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it, some of the things that have been leveled to say this is why Arsenal didn't get it, I think it's a lot more simple as than the, the players, when you look at the numbers before January and afterwards... The, the goal contribution of someone like Smith Rowe, and I did say back then, Arsenal can't be relying on Saka and Smith Rowe being the only two players putting the ball in the back of the net to get over the line. Pepe got has got one goal and two assists this season. Eddie Nketiah is our highest scoring striker this season, and he's level on goals with Gabriel. Jesus. The the Tottenham game I think was approached poorly. I think a number of games were. Uh, but if I graded Arsenal season earlier and if I had enough characters I probably would have given it a 6.5 I've put 7 down and that's mainly based on pre-season expectations I think if if you ask me to regrade it and then grade it from January to now knowing what knowing where Arsenal were then I'd give it a 5 I think uh, looking forward to European football again next season I can see the improvement more goals scored better football being played on a clear out and then it's down to Arteta and uh, Edu to get the right players in this summer. Alex saying no players are going to want to come and play for Arsenal. I think uh, it'll be a, a, a bit longer yet before players don't want to come there anymore. If players are still willing to go and play for Man United, we've still got enough juice left to uh, come and leave the line for this uh, fantastic club, the Arsenal, as they say. Is... Um, is um... Is your rating a 7 out of 10 for Arsenal based on just pure Six, Premier League? 6.5, yeah, Premier League, yeah. Okay, okay, all right. It's the, uh, yeah. You're going to know about this this season over the summer. It's going to depend. If Spurs can do some really good business, and if you can't, this is going to look a total disaster. But I don't think that you would back Spurs to do really good business. So it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be all on that. If they it, can use true, this, it, this is a great opportunity it, for Spurs. If they can use it, then... Yeah. Conte's already saying... He's not sure if he's going to be there next season. That's, that's why there's a level. He's just of going to keep doing that until he gets his transfer targets every week, isn't he? It's just going to be a different story. There's a level that, of stability. Maybe, that, that maybe that's he... maybe that's that's maybe just what the art approach that Arteta needs to get to get the transfers he wants and the windows he wants. But Alex, let's let's be, let's be honest here, and I, I'm I, I hope you'll give the answer that you know deep down. If Arsenal had sacked Arteta, 
Conte was coming to us over you. We could have had Conte in, in the club. <laughs> I very much doubt that. I think Conte looks at the stable of players that Tottenham have got. Not in saying that Arsenal hasn't got a, lo- a group of young talent. I think the model that Conte wants in terms of taking a team that can work with some world-class, top-proven players that can perform at the highest level, I'm sure and Eric then and try and get some more transfers, <laughs> try and get some more transfers in there. You go, you go, he picks Tottenham every single time. Well, let's talk but, about transfers. Uh, you think if he looks at the level of control that Arteta's got already? and compares it with what Daniel Levy's allowing, you think that's a more attractive the level, proposition? The level, of, the, the level of control that Arteta's got in terms of getting players out the door rather than in, are we talking well, about? He's clearly being allowed to mould a squad. Because and he's, he's, very good getting players out. he's very good at getting players out the door, but getting players in of a certain calibre, not so sure. Well, I mean, look at the players that we have signed. There's a certain level of calibre there. The issue is the ones that's that are still there. Problem. A minute, a minute ago, we were saying that Arsenal hadn't had the most money spent on the mid-transfer window on players that were really that. good. And now we're now we're now we're going in the complete. I didn't opposite. say the players weren't good. I said the squad isn't big enough. They're still left with players like Rob Holding, Cedric, but El Nenny. Making one breath, you're making it sound like Arsenal have been scraping the battle and making some di- cheap little signings that aren't really like you know at the same caliber. Seven signings for 132 million, 123 million. Sorry. And, then, and then you've got and now you're making them sound like he's made the best signings in the world, which evidently haven't because it hasn't got you over the line when you've had the most money spent in your transfer window. Well, two of them fell through. Party wasn't able, wasn't there at the end of the season. Tierney wasn't there at the end of the season. I don't think you, I don't think you look at Erdegaard and say that's a bad signing. I don't think you look at Tommy Asu and say that's a bad signing. Fitness-wise, maybe, but I think he's shown the level there. Well, you could say the same, the similar sort of the similar sort of uh, wording that you used to describe how Bentoncourt looks as a sign, and you could use for Odegaard. He hasn't, you know, he's not. He's he does a job. He's all right. Odegaard. But... He's created the most chances of an Arsenal player in five years. He's created the second most chance in the league this season. That's not a compliment. That's not a compliment for an Arsenal. That's not a compliment. Of the last you few don't years. think it's a compliment to create more chances than Mesut Özil? What, Mesut Ozil at the tail end of his time at Arsenal? The last yeah. five years. By the way, the, the numbers that Odegaard's put up this season, no Spurs players put up in the last eight. Mm, well, I'd like to see the, I'd like to see the numbers. Know, I'd like to see those numbers. You could look, the, you could look those numbers up. I just uh, made them up. But, saying that he's uh, in Ericsson's numbers. Ericsson, who hasn't been there? Numbers he's saying about. Go on, say it. I'd rather have Odegaard than Ericsson. Oh, my word. Christ. What? Right. I mean, if you look at Erdogan's durability. Right now, there you go. There we got it. That's not it's a collapse. That's what he means. Oh. Like our top four battle, if uh, someone wanted to jump in there. Yeah, this this summer, I think, Shouldn't we talk to about Arteta with what he was battling for. I think moving forward, this is, yeah, as we said, we need to buy more quality. I keep seeing talk about buying backup options. Liverpool, with the exception of Simicast, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, TK, don't seem to buy backup options. They buy competition. They bought Canate, we'll still have Matip and Van Dijk. Thiago, we'll have Hendo, Fabinho. Diaz and Jota, we'll have Salah and Mane there. I don't really see you buying anyone on the basis that you're coming in as a backup, like a Lokonga or a Tavares, particularly when you're trying to get back to where you were. Yeah, it's a good point. I, but I think there's a... With the players that Liverpool have signed there, there is a basically they're, they're gifted enough that they could come in and compete, but not so superstar status that, that they have to start. I think that's probably the distinction between yeah. Liverpool and certain things United have done. They've ended up buying players where you're like, well, he has to play regardless of what's going on. And they've ended up yeah. with a third. Whereas we've got 
they're good enough that they can play or good enough that we can bench them. And that's probably the, the gist of it. For Arsenal, Which, really, they'd, they'd have liked to have, say, Xhaka benched and have Bruno Guimaraes coming in rather than... Yeah. You're not having the guy in it being Lakonga coming in because you bought a backup who I still believe can be a good player. But that's legit. When when your starting eleven in parts isn't good enough, you buy better than what you've got, and then that player that that player that isn't good enough can then relegate to the bench, and that's how your depth builds. That's yeah. Liverpool took a long time for that fucking penny to drop, by the way. So it's not like uh, it's not like as much their business said the last years has been great. Prior to that, it was fucking horrific. I don't know what Spurs are going to do this summer. It probably depends on who Juventus put up for sale. Um, <laughs> I would love one of you to get Dybala. Honestly, I would. Well, if, I mean, I'd, we, really, I'd really love Man United to get him, but I'd love one of I'd, you too. I don't know what Tottenham's budget is going to be this season, but at some point, you are going to have to pay for the transfers this year, unless you're just going to purely shop in Serie A. Because when you look at Romero, you look at Kulishevsky, you look at Benson Kerr, you look at Gallini, they were all bought with a loan to option. At some point, you have to put the money up on the table. You look before that, and they brought that Fernandez in, who was alone with an option. Lacelso was alone with an option. It's only so many card, clubs are going to put up with it, and you're only going to get a certain level of quality getting those. Sticking it all so. on the credit card. Think about it tomorrow. Alex, what do you think? <laughs> so you were linked with um, Gabriel Jesus today. Yeah. Surely you're going to have the same issues that we say, well, people have been saying Liverpool need to sign a right back for if Trent gets injured. And the argument for any player is, well, why the hell am I going to go there when Trent's playing every game a week? As a striker, Gabriel Jesus. What the hell just happened there? <clears throat> oh, Luke, 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 Luke. oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, where's he gone? 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 I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I think I could see. I could think I could see where Luke's going with it anyway. But I'll uh, I'll go with it. The signing of him doesn't make any sense. It just seemed like the natural natural transfer of Arsenal finished below. Who Tottenham, the hell do you so. think you are? <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't like whatever point you were making. <laughs> Unless you went to press mute, I was going to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you like that? Kicked out the call. <laughs> He's kicked him. Blimey. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> oh, Let that be a lesson. <laughs> Alex, where were we? <laughs> Uh, I think you were making the point of does uh, Gabriel Jesus make much sense of a signing for? Tom? It was one yeah. of the more reasonable points he was making as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, no, it doesn't. I, I just thought that that was just a, a lazy, a lazy re- news report of he was linked with Arsenal. Tottenham finished above Arsenal, so now let's link him with Tottenham because he'll want to go to Champions League football and. Obviously, Chelsea aren't going to be sniffing around him and neither... Well, to be honest, ironically, it made more sense for Chelsea to have a punt on a different striker rather than us at the moment. Chelsea so. being linked with Serge Nabry, which would be like Cesc Fabregas part two. If that happens, honestly, my heart can't take much more. The season's taken about t- 10 years off my life. <laughs> the grey yeah. hairs, if you were to do a comparison, it's sickening. Yeah, All for fifth Gabriel- place. Yeah, so to answer your question, Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal makes a lot more sense than it does to, for him to go to Tottenham. Now, before we go on to West Ham, Connor, I appreciate you taking the time, but these are the perils of finishing their seventh. Um, 
if we talk about how Spurs did get here rather than it being a, a back and forth, the point of getting over the line, how much do we, do we attribute to Conte's experience in, I guess, keeping the players focused when numerous times you could have said the points gap's too much. You look at the fixtures or whatever it is. You look at, say, you've got Man City and uh, Liverpool in there. How much is just due? Is it as simple as Harry Kane started scoring again? Um, I think, uh, not, not forgetting his link-up assists with Son as well, he just started to perform. Um, I think it is, in, uh, an, not to sit on the fence, but it is Conte because I think a manager like Conte can lift a change of room and still give them hope when other managers won. Like, so say, for, say, for example, if the season planned out the way it did and just Bruno was like still in the picture and Conte wasn't in the picture at all, it was just Bruno that got us to his point and we were in the same Nuno, situation. Nuno so for those. Straight, yeah, Nuno, 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 Nuno doesn't lift that change room and get that belief still there. I think the players drop Bruno their heads and they, start, and they start looking at... Um, they start looking at, you know, their the summer transfer window and where they want to go. Kane starts looking at his options, all that kind of stuff. I think with Conte, that is that allure of he does feel like he is a success and he can bring success. Um, so I think it's a little bit of that. Um, Kane coming into coming into the season finally, bringing that link up play with Son, getting some assists on the board, uh, working his way into team of the season, um, and uh, hey. getting his work. Yeah, and getting his way up to uh, getting his way up to 17 goals, like we did that. We covered on whether he would make it yeah. 17 goals or not. He left it to the last game of the season, but yeah, it's it, it's a combination of Son and Kane and the Conte effect. I think I've got a question for you, TK. Um, oh no, did something happen this season <laughs> where goals that are penalties count for less? Because you, yeah, in goals, the sun, <laughs> goals and penalties don't count, and penalty shootout wins don't count. So it's actually been a fucking shocking year for us. And I mean, <laughs> we weren't having this discussion, were we? When Mane hit the same numbers Sun did, but didn't have penalties in there either. Just Eric Dyer, someone maybe needs to tell him on Twitter. That little rat. <laughs> All that nice. time talking about Arsenal, by the way, I didn't even mention refereeing decisions. <laughs> if a couple of those we, had gone our way Tommy Asu's head being stood on by the way which Everton get a win that game I think we've probably got a decent enough library if people want to go back you've got, to hear how the rest cost you yeah. you got a penalty yesterday I don't know what the problem is Alex like, did you watch that back genuinely it's the ones that go against them that <laughs> because it won't be punches the ball away and it takes two and a half minutes for them to stop the game <laughs> nice it, you know it, the VR system worked that's all that matters I'm sure I'm going to have to hear from Alex about Spurs later on. So we'll talk about West Ham first. I did try and get a United fan on here today, desperately, genuinely. Uh, Charmer held me until about seven o'clock yesterday where he claimed he was doing gardening. Oh, and my that's word. why he can't do it. And I said, I hope this garden's worth it. And he said, I'll be on at some point. So maybe he's waiting for some signings. And Goff, I thought I'd made one joke about United uh, about a week and a half ago and he just ignored me from there but it turns out he's on holiday <laughs> so uh, he would have been on excuses here. United fans he are hard he to did. find than City fans these days did you insinuate that he almost would have come on but he said the Wi-Fi <laughs> in the hotel isn't good enough so I'm taking that as he wanted to come on while on holiday um, nice I like it so we've spoken about the battle for the Champions League Connor if we can talk about the battle for the Europa League do we have 
Well, I mean, unless you've just wanted to, to sit here and just have a good time. Good time. You, you just wanted to listen to AJ, AJ and Byron and have a ding-dong about Arsenal and Spurs. Yeah, I still think, we'll speak after, Alex, I do think you might owe me an apology. Um, <laughs> they joined after class, please. Connor, not something that I can really identify with, but it was in your hands at, at a point yesterday. Worth. In fact, Connor was texting me a self-depreciating message about West Ham and I thought he was t- talking about Arsenal so I did take offence um, <laughs> which I haven't got an apology for by the way uh, what are you blaming me entirely for jinxing it is the first question I do have down because there's a lot of blame on my shoulders after yesterday it, I, I, it's probably 80-20 correct? <laughs> 80 you nice no it's, it's when you've got the stat that you've never been in a club in the Premier League <laughs> you just can't get around that. Even a team, I say, even a team like Brighton, the, the amount of stick I was getting off United fans who were going up the Seagulls despite getting oh. pumped four 0 by them is <laughs> meant. They're they're in the mud. They're honestly in the mud. Yeah, it is just tragically embarrassing. But it it, it still hurts. Don't get me wrong. To go one nil up as well. Antonio's first goal outside of the box. I thought, oh, this is a day for record breaking results. <laughs> Just was not to be. I think the the long season, the you know semi final, quarter final, and different cups, having those extra games really did just take its toll. And well, TK mentioned it earlier. Not not spending money in January is just ultimately our downfall, and was always going to be. Yeah, and, gonna... and Neil Morpé. <laughs> Question here for you. Um... <laughs> Do you think, and we spoke about the Reese James, I think it was, in the FA Cup penalty shootout, and the right time to celebrate and the right time to be taunting. I genuinely think Antonio's celebration anger footballing gods in some ways because you can't do the celebrations he has and there's not at least one footballing god like you're going to pay for that. Yeah, but he, d- he does it with every celebration, doesn't he? That's, that's part the- of the point. Day, you got to realize he might think I don't know when the next one's coming. He's kind of like a dog with a meal. It's like I don't know if I'm ever going to eat again, so I've <laughs> got to go all in on this. Exactly, exactly. He's had such a dry spell, to put it nicely. I mean, this year he's just a shadow of the player he was last year at the start of the season. It was he, I just don't think he was expecting it himself, especially that <laughs> far out. You know, he scored that one rocket for Jamaica, and then seems to think actually I'm going to try this every single game, and it's finally paid off. Well, when when you look at the season that Jared Bowen's had, you look at the season Declan Rice has had, I did feel a bit bad for my criticism last week. I do think he's had a very good season. So you uh, should. Just, he came at Saka, so uh, <laughs> or, <laughs> it, it was on. Um, when, when you look at the performances that the two of them have had, is it then much like others have said, you, you look at the supporting cast and you look at who hasn't done their job this season because they're the people that have let you down ultimately. Well, I don't, I don't even think that any one player has, has particularly let us down. That's the thing. It's not having the depth. I think Fabianski's made so many mistakes. He should have done so much better yesterday. And it's just, just not even We have one variola, isn't it? Because apparently you're going to extend his deal. Yeah, well, we're signing permanently, supposedly. You've got the option to take another loan for another year or take him permanently. And we all know which which option the deal <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll take him on loan. You'll have an absolute blinder, and then it will be with an option, not an obligation, and the bid won't get accepted. That's exactly what'll happen. But he's done so well in cup games. And I I don't know whether David Moyes was like, oh, just leave him in the cup games, and then you when we go out of the cup games, you can't just throw him on for the last like five six weeks of the season. 
um, just in case it disrupts some sort of flow. I'm also going to jump on the injury bandwagon as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we nice. join us. There's plenty of room. We haven't got multiple, multiple squads to pick from either. So. Well, that, this is part of the thing. When you play uh, Europa League particularly, and I guess you can put the Conference League in with that, um, you really do have to have either very fit players, the schedule has to be kind to you, maybe in the teams that you play after these games, or you have to have youth prospects that are good enough that can almost supplement it so you don't have to buy those added players. Yes, yeah. I guess I don't know because the West Ham Academy has always spoken very well about, but there obviously wasn't the trust in enough players, even just for the group stage, you can rely on them. Yeah, I mean, well, because we won, we came top of the group, and then yeah, the last game you played, played it, didn't you? Yeah, we we did go and put the kids out, and they they put a shift in as well. To be fair, you know, we only lost one nil, and it was a free goal that that we lost to, but then it, it was almost as if David Moyes sort of just went right, well. That's it. They've had a go. They they've got they've got a got an appearance on there. They got the debut, and then not tried it again. We went through that horrible spat of injuries to centre backs and certain discrepancies with Zuma, and then <laughs> he's just been charged today, by the way. Three counts. He has, yeah, and so so is his brother, any two counts. Yeah, we don't care about him though. He doesn't play in the prem. It's Dagnum and Redbridge. <laughs> he's local. Um, but then. You know, having all those injuries with centre backs, and, and then Dawson going to get that red card, which questionable, and then oh, that's, right. that's that's the option then to go. Okay, well, our under twenty one's captain is a centre back. He's been playing well for the for, yeah. for the youth team. This is the perfect time to give him a run out. You know, he was linked, he was supposed to play against us, wasn't he? There yeah. was the rumours in the week, and we thought it was going to be a, another case of Reese Oxford when we played you first game of the season. Yeah, and he pocketed it, so yeah, pocketed Özil. There we go. And that that was the time to do it, really. Especially when you give it the old, uh, you're either going for the Prem or Europa League. You can only have one. That's I joked about that, but do you not think that's where it has fallen down? Because by picking neither, you looked a bit leggy in in, uh, the game against Frankfurt and at the end of the season, whether it's the fallout of not getting to the European final, but you've obviously fallen away at the end there as well. By the way, that yeah. standard of the Europe, of the Europa League final, West Ham fans must be so upset. Yeah, <sighs> without a doubt. Uh, Is know, there an part of you that thinks you'd have been dragged down to that as well, though? Because I, I think if we were in that, we would be dragged down to that level as well. Like, it's never easy when you get to that position. Well, it, it was really certain to not getting there as well, though, isn't it? You, do you know what I mean? Like, it would have even more... Yes, it would have been lovely to win it and then have European football that way. Don't get me wrong, whilst the whole missing out on Europa League just does hurt, it's still a great position for us. No, you're um, better to miss out completely like we did. Well, yeah, it, you know, it's okay, it, it just boils down to spending, do you know what I mean? I bang on about it every single time, but we're not one of these big clubs that pumps a load of money in and signs the right players and, and has the depth. And if we're going to go again next season in multiple tournaments, we just can't make the same mistake that, that we've done last year and dare I say it when we got in on fair play you've got to get Alex Crowell back permanently a lot was said a lot was said about uh, Arsenal only playing one game a week Um, Conte did only play two conference league games I do want to mention that and they quit Uh, yeah how did they go I I wrote down earlier that when I was looking back through the results of the season that maybe Arsenal were actually the biggest losers of El Sakiko. 
when Nuno goes, Conte comes in. United, nothing was happening with them anyway. They get a nice win over Spurs. Maybe we were affected more than both teams. Nice. Ball game that was, by the way. Choosing between those two. I always say, if there had to be an explosion, if there had to be an explosion at one game, <laughs> Chelsea Spurs, United Spurs, one of the two. Chelsea Spurs maybe more likely. Connor, when you look at depth needed in the summer and a striker I know is something that you're very keen for, does it concern you at all that so many teams need a striker this summer? Like Arsenal are in the market for one, United are in the market for one, Chelsea, if they if they can sort the ownership out, may well be on in for one. Barcelona are in for one. Like there's no shortage of them. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, as I've said multiple times. I don't remember West Ham picking up many kind of unknown gems throughout the last couple of years not that many teams have. So is that a worry that perhaps last year when there was less teams going for them, the competition now is going to be so much that maybe West Ham may not be the number one choice? Well, that, so that's that's the other thing. Because like Nunes in January, you were one of like two teams in for him. And now yeah. there's about seven or eight. Exactly. And, and that, that boils down to the quality of the club as well. Do you know what I mean? So for West Ham to be put into the same bracket as the clubs that you just mentioned, looking for a striker, I don't think we're we're not looking for the same tar- targeted players that those clubs are looking for. We're not looking to spend 80, 90 million on a on a striker. Yes, okay, we we some of them though the price has gone up because there's so many in for them. Yeah, I mean that Darwin Nunes we I think supposedly submitted a sixty million pound uh, sixty million euro bid. We've been there, we'll that's, <laughs> that's definitely just to say that we've tried. That's why you got you got back the scouting department, haven't you, and hope they. Exactly. I mean, we, we we seem to do pretty well dipping into the championship and finding players. But if we want to make that next step up into European football consistently, then we've got to look higher than that standard. This it, isn't going to make you feel any better. I I think you may end up with Eddie, you know. Hey, you mean score goals and actually convert a shot that he's deliberately done as well, then I'll take it. I think in the way, so the reports now say that Madrid are so pissed off that they didn't get Haaland because they were all out for Mbappe and City knew that they had to get Haaland done before Mbappe had made his decision because then the price would go up and all of this. Maybe there's a number of options on the market, particularly when you look around the Premier League, you look at someone like Tony that may get a move. Uh, Eddie and Ketia, I'm not putting them in the same bracket, but there's a number of strikers. Maybe it is not that you like doing this, act early and you beat some of these teams to it while they chase the Nunezes and uh, the well, Ossimans. That's exactly what we've got to do and what we've never done before. We always wait to the end of the window, pick up the scraps and it's, or, or don't pick anyone up at all. And that, again, is what absolutely batters us. We need to get the players in early, get them in training early, trying to gel with the squad. And it's, it's just something that our owners start prepared to do. We had that buyout in November where they put in 22% stake or whatever it was. What nationality uh, are they, by the way? Czech. Okay. For some reason, my lad is Ukrainian. And I... <laughs> yeah, that would be typical West Ham. <laughs> Absolutely typical. Sorry, lads, we're skint now. Yeah. <laughs> love to see and West Ham fans trying to justify that as well. This is so typical for us while the owners go, well, it just so happens we've got a bit more going on. Yeah. Get us a striker. <laughs> I haven't got a house. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think 
I don't want to be giggling after that. People, <laughs> no, that wasn't us giggling after that. That was Connery, not a regular. What, I don't care where your family is. Where's the transfer budget? <laughs> we'll, move, we'll move on from there. Um, a bit on United, who, unfortunately, while losing to Crystal Palace on the last day, still end up in the Europa League, 11 points back from Arsenal. Disgraceful for them, but is it just that it's not news anymore? That's why we aren't making too much of a big deal of it until their fans pipe up and then we're very quickly say, settle down you. But they know all too well to uh, kind of be in hiding. That's the trouble though. They're not in hiding, are they? They're out in full force. In City shirts. In, yeah. Cheering, cheering which one of their two biggest rivals they were. <laughs> Whilst also comparing seasons with West Ham, saying, oh, well, West Ham supposedly had a great year and we finished above them. You yeah, are in the just, mud, lads. On 6.06 yesterday. Premier League finish of all time. Yeah, oh. they were begging for United fans and they couldn't get any on. That's bad, is Chris Sutton, by the way, uh, Connor, said that the, the turnaround in Arsenal's season, of all the things you can point to, was that they celebrated after beating West Ham. And he he said in, uh, he said, well, the City fans, I don't know why they're ringing me, they'll be celebrating. They might bump into the Arsenal fans celebrating that win over West Ham. And I was Arthur fisting at the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something's on form to me. Him and Savage, vile, vile mix. But this woman's tearing into Sutton and Savage going, you're making a great point there. You're making a great point there. <laughs> <laughs> While getting someone to dial up and asking their thoughts on... Uh, the director of football for the team that he's the director of football of. <laughs> Not much to say on United, but that Sky Sports reporter, I forget his name, chasing down Ten Hag. Gary Cottrell. Oh, oh, warms to a United manager faster. That, my favourite thing about that is the security just ushering him away. He's like, you can't push me. <laughs> he what says, you're that's on That's literally television. his job. Literally his job. This is Man United, Eric. Big club. He's like, oh, well, here's a big club then. <laughs> I would direct oh, I anyone you said, Gary. to, if you don't have the athletic, then read the males kind of expose on United season. Mental. The athletics one is a much longer read. I don't know if you've read that one, TK, but so much being brought up of like Ronaldo hosting team meetings without Harry Maguire there. Rangnick <laughs> being involved in one of them, realising <laughs> Maguire wasn't there and then feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> then, what a, what a club. That formation that they, they had against Liverpool, they didn't drill it until a day before the game. Jeez. Not only that, he acknowledges it in the pre-match interviews. He goes, well, we actually only worked on it yesterday. Like, Ralph, you're going into a game in a few minutes. What are you doing? They wouldn't, they wouldn't employ one of his mates from uh, Moscow. And so despite the fact he wasn't employed, they still had him on the AirPods every week. They ignored the United statistical analysis and they put one of the United bench on the phone to his mate the whole game to give him the tactical instructions to pass on to Rangnick. Fucking hell. Jesus. Gagan press, though. Oh, well, I always say, never never before seen a pressing compilation. Um, and they did that after Palace. But yeah, there's a lot to go into, but it's more of a mess than you could probably believe when he's... <laughs> He's bringing them uh, transfer targets and Darren Fletcher's just saying, well, you know, we don't like to do business in January. And he's going, but you've got Nunes, you've got Luis Diaz, you've got Vlahovic. And he goes, this is the United way. We don't, we don't do it in January. <laughs> and My he had a sit down with Fergie. Go on. 
My favourite stat this season, by the way, just slightly does link to United, is the fact that Christian Eriksen has died, come back to life, <laughs> signed for a relegation, relegation battle in Brentford, and still registered more assists than Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. There's some things, um, this is one of those podcasts where I always hope it's not the first time you've listened. So some of the things that I mentioned <laughs> just completely catch you off guard. You've got to start somewhere. I'm not here every week. Um, one of the coaches supposedly unveiled his CV to uh, Fergie in one of the boxes and then Fergie thought he was James Bond and said, you're going to need a bit more than that here, son. And left him and that's a great story supposedly. So, well, What was that guy thinking? What did he think yeah. was going to happen? Here? Just, it's, it's, it's just a shame like that we don't get United in that that dreaded Conference League. Because unfortunately for you, Connor, I do think West Ham may take it seriously. And the best thing Spurs did for their season was the opposite of that. Yeah, but I, I mean, again, depend if we spend the money and we do take it seriously, you know, we could we could still have a tougher route to to the final of the Conference League than Liverpool after the Champions League final. Uh, yeah, that seems completely <laughs> fair. Um, <laughs> But you know, again, and if we win a penalty shootout, it doesn't count anyway, so <laughs> it's all been for nothing. Well, exactly. just Frankfurt are the real losers here. <laughs> if we can do a quick bit on relegation, um, Everton unfortunately do stay up, uh, bastards. If, if anyone was going to be happy for them in the slightest, and it certainly wouldn't be me, I think Richarlison did his best to ensure that that was quickly put to bed. Yeah, bastard well. of a bloke. Gotta be one of the most hated blokes in the Prem at the moment, mate. Yeah, on the radio yesterday they appointed Anthony Gordon as diver of the season. <laughs> nice. Richarlison was in the conversation, I believe. I'm sure no Everton fans will be offended by that at all. No, I don't think you need to hear Robbie Savage singing free falling. <laughs> <laughs> but he was doing that. Um Burnley, Roy Keane effectively uh said, look, no sympathy for them. They sacked Sean Deitch. When look, they're Jackson, they after sacking him. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, if they'd stayed up, Vincent Company was going to come in, but I don't think he fancies the championship. No, probably not. They're also screwed, aren't they, where for all the Premier League has tried posturing, they allowed Burnley to be bought with their own money. Yeah. And so now they have to pay back 65 million of it while in the championship. So they're just completely fucked. Yeah, they're maybe financially yeah. crippled. Yeah. yeah. And they don't seem to be like the powerhouse that could actually survive something like that either. That's quite no. dangerous, really. No, on, on... smaller than Man United. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone particularly happy or gutted for Leeds before I just run through last season's predictions? I like beating Leeds. But I'd love to have seen them go down. Uh, I agree. I agree. I think think as well, for for Calvin Phillips' sake, he's now probably going to stay there, isn't he? Whereas if they went down... Nah, I think you get out where you can now. See, I mean, the joy I would have felt that seeing them their first season back with fans be relegated would have just been so, (laughs) so overwhelming. I don't think I'd ever re- recover from it. I've just been in a state of euphoria forever. <laughs> mean to say all leads aren't we isn't an entirely truthful chant. <sighs> Marching on together though. Um, <laughs> we'll speak about that I'm sure a bit down the line. They've already signed a 30 million player a day after staying up if that gives you any hope for the summer Connor or maybe depresses you a bit more. Yeah. 
falling, <laughs> pre-falling into depression. All right. Um, I know. I know TK listened back to the episode. Jack and Alex, can you remember your predictions from preseason? I think so. Yeah. All right. Um, Alex, you're the only one to get the top three, correct? Yeah. Nice. Uh, you did the have United four, but that's not too big of a crime looking at everyone else's. So TK had City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United, Leicester, Villa. Oh, God. And to quote TK here, uh, <laughs> I think Spurs will lose Kane to send them into disarray and they won't be able to replace him, paraphrasing slightly. Arsenal or Arsenal, I don't think I overstated how bad I think their season could be. Yeah, I thought you were in for a terrible season. Yeah, I kind of took that down because I thought maybe you'd back AJ, but you're a bit more reserved. I don't know if maybe yesterday mellowed you or... If you're just I, being a bit more reasonable, I did genuinely feel quite depressed at the start of the pod. I can't lie to you. I thought, this, rough, this hasn't worked. Hearing I've, me and no, Alex Vickers made you feel better, has it? <laughs> no, I thought, you know, said on that pod, I thought you were in for a disastrous season, no European football full stop. So you've definitely exceeded my expectations. I'll acknowledge yeah, you, that. You, you didn't hear much uh, hope in my voice from listening back. I think I gave us uh, fifth and said, did I give us fifth? I gave a sixth and said, well, look, we were eighth last year. I can't go into the season expecting any less than nice, sixth. Or I've got nice. nothing, to, nothing to think for. Uh, Sean had, uh, sorry, Alex had City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, Spurs, Leicester. Sean had Chelsea, United, City, Liverpool, Leicester, Spurs. What a horrible, horrible prediction. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get on to Jesus. his we'll get on to his bold predictions, which may be the worst of the bunch alongside Jack's. Uh oh, Jack dear. had Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Leicester, United, Villa. Yeah. And I quote him as saying, Madison won't leave Leicester to Arsenal and take a downward step in his career. <laughs> 18 and 12 for him this season if we're saying Kane had a good second half to his season now some of those are in uh, the other leagues but good uh, year for him when we expected him to go down injured I had City, Chelsea, United Liverpool, Leicester, Arsenal vile um, I did say I don't trust Spurs if they keep Nuno but then also aged poorly He'll go to a back five, which will make them worse. <laughs> Top goal scorer, Jack. Do I need to ask you who you thought? <laughs> I backed the boy, didn't I? You did. Uh, both myself and Sean picked Salah. Alex and TK picked Kane. And then Alex, and this may ring a, a bell for you. You did the thing where you go to make a bold prediction but then tell us you didn't really believe it before you said it, which took some of the weight away. Ruin the magic. You said, everyone else has picked what I was going to say here, so I'm going to go rogue and say this one. And then you did say, son, um, when I was skipping through the episode, I heard you saying, I think son could be in the mix and I would have given you more credit, but you did preface it and take away. Also in that segment, TK posed the question as to how long it would take for Jack to start calling Lukaku a pig. Um, <laughs> Jack, in credit, you did say not long. <laughs> One of the better predictions we came up with. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, we're also aged poorly here. We asked who was going to be the most improved player this season. 
Oh yeah, this is this is a horrible segment. Now, oh, both Sean and TK said Deli Ali. <laughs> oh, oh God! I said Donny Van der Beek. <laughs> it's like Everton listened to it. For, you know what? These lads are onto something. We'll take a chance. Jack said Timo Werder. <laughs> he had a resurgence for about four games. That's not a resurgence. <laughs> that, that's just being a somewhat competent footballer. <laughs> Accidentally, you'll have a good game. So. That's a massive improvement, though. Come yeah. on. <laughs> if I could just hold you there, Alex said a Dumbele. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I think uh, I have referenced before. We did do a who's going to have a better year of Ali and, and Dumbele. Turns yeah. out. I have no idea. <laughs> they, didn't right it. they didn't want it. They didn't want it. Neither of them wanted it. Had a better year. Um, relegation. TK had oh. Norwich, but also had Southampton and Newcastle, which my hmm. brother was quick uh, to remember. I think I've picked Newcastle to go down in the last five years. Well, <laughs> At some point, I've got to be right. After you'd mentioned it, Jack spent a fair time criticising Newcastle and then picked Norwich, Watford and Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> He um, backed Brucey, didn't he? He thought Bruce to turn it around. I went on a rampage about Graham Potter, if I remember, didn't I? Yeah, Sean had yeah, Crystal Palace down, Watford down, and Brentford down. Sean, the only person back in Norwich to stay here. Yeah. Alex, um, you decided to only pick one to go down, and that was Crystal <laughs> Palace. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? I think you got sidetracked, which your bold prediction I'm about to give you, uh, <laughs> Jose, to take over from Arteta before Christmas. Wasn't it just Mourinho to come back to the Premier League full no, stop? No, it was for Arsenal, you said, when Arteta gets sacked. Uh, right. He, was it, wasn't he linked with one of the teams in the Premier League at some point this season? Everton, he was like, once he just joined Roma. That's it, yeah. Um, I had Everton to still be battling relegation in the final week, but to still stay up, which uh, in a pod of bad predictions, I think I'll be putting that one up on a mantelpiece somewhere. (laughs) That's going to be maybe the best pod prediction we've ever had. Well, I'm about to tell you Sean's prediction for the year. Liverpool and City both to have poor seasons with no silverware and be out of the Premiership race with a third of the season to go. <laughs> That's as bad as it gets. Yes. Well, Jack, I haven't told you yours yet. I mean, because, because you said bold, but that is, I don't know, that's zero all over. Jack, you had leads to finish above both Arsenal and Spurs. <laughs> TK I, had... I can't but think that there were some ulterior motives to that behind that statement. You, you bought the Bielsa stock. By listening to it, AJ forces the Arsenal one out of you because you say Leeds fish yeah. above Spurs. He's like, and who else would that involve being yeah. above that? And then eventually you go, yeah, Arsenal. No, I think Alex even says, and Arsenal, and he's like, well, yeah, I guess. And people, everyone jumps in and says, well, yeah, if they finish above Spurs, they're obviously going to be above Arsenal. Nasty pieces of work. Um, TK had United to be top for large parts of the season and fall away late. Turns out that was about, what, five weeks? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there we go. Those were the predictions. If we just go through these kind of final awards of the season and then in closing, I'll get everyone's team of the seasons, which I'm sure won't be a small task. Um, Alex, I'll go to you first. 
what was the best game this season? And I think I know where this may be going. <laughs> That's the second North London derby, isn't it? Second North London derby was the best game of the season by far. Best game of the season was a largely uh, not very close game. But there we go. <laughs> I've got the first North London derby down for this work. You know what, man? I know you two state objectives, no skin in the no, game. No. I, I, I've got some personal ones, and then I that essentially then I've got what my actual pick was. Mine was uh, Liverpool and Man City two two, one of the highest level games I've seen, and Salah's goal I thought kind of put the cherry on top of the game. Yeah, I've got I've got uh, more of a serious one. I've got that. Um, I also have got the Tottenham two Liverpool two match as well. Well, Paul Tierney special. That was where he, that was where he made his name. <laughs> Could have killed Andy Robertson. <laughs> Jack, what do you think was the best game this season? Uh, the best game was the 2-2. Liverpool, Man City. Favourite moment probably was that guy bike-locking his neck to a... <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. He got the best moment later on. Jack went and wanted to get that in early. I thought he was going to say the Chelsea-Liverpool 2-2. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, best best most entertaining game is is without a doubt um, uh, Liverpool City. I I have put on there my favourite game was was us playing Villa away. They hammered them four one. <laughs> you could have given me all night, and I would not have picked that as even the one <laughs> yeah, that you picked. The only bit of joy I've had all year, I think. Uh, um. Connor off. Uh, uh, TK, what was your pick? Yeah, same as that. Liverpool City. We had a, we had a run where we were involved in quite a few games. Like Liverpool Spurs one was great. The, the West Ham one, where West Ham beat us, is a great game. But yeah, Liverpool City, that's, that's got to be a thing. Uh, I'll stick with you, TK. Your goal of the season. And on the same fashion, Salah against City, I think. I, I also went the same. If, if I had to pick a second place, it would have been uh, Neves against Watford. I love that goal. I, I had uh, I, I had Salah, but my second pick was um, Trent Skull, um, tighter angle. Yeah, the Newcastle ones where he bangs it from twenty five yards. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. The the it's from a slightly tighter angle than is it Rodri City's City's one Rodri's one for City. Who's mm. uh, he's he's hit it with the same sort of power, but he's just got like well, he's like dead in line with central goal, so he's got like where do you want to put it? Basically, Trent's was a bit harder, I thought. The bastard Roger's been this year. Jack, what's your goal of the season? Coverchurch versus Liverpool. Ugh. That fluke. It was back foot volley. It was just unbelievable. How that laugh here? I've awesome. genuinely, I've genuinely scored that goal before. <laughs> both, both Mane's, both Mane and Ings's overhead bicey kicks are better than that. No, that Mane yeah. one should not have been nominated. The the Jacker one shouldn't have been nominated either. That Mane one was almost like falling over. Ziyech, Ziyech against Tottenham, where that went absolute stanchion. That was League Cup. Yeah, it was League no, Cup. Was that was um... League Cup, Jack. It was League Cup. I was there. It was Premier League. <laughs> oh, no one cared about it then. That's what we mean about Chelsea's season. <laughs> um, Connor, what's your goal of the season? It's got to be Salah versus City. Yeah. Um, however, 
if Ukraine are going to win Eurovision, then there's no reason Yarmolenko scoring <laughs> against Villa is not <laughs> a contention. What a heartfelt story. <laughs> I listened back to uh, when I was describing that Salah goal against Man City. You would think it was Burkamp against Newcastle. The, the passion in my voice. <laughs> you can't be talking yeah, about the same Burkamp goal against Newcastle, <laughs> Connor. You don't doubt that magician's tricks. Um, Connor, I'll go to you first. What do you think the best save this season was? Well, I don't know if it's because it was fairly recently, but it wasn't I... recent. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not who you think it's going to be. Yeah, this has been put in entirely for Luke to make at this point. Here, but... No, no, I don't, want, I don't know what the independent yeah. did. <laughs> but um, Pope made one against Villa where he just he got down so quickly. Ultimately, meant nothing because it still went down. But it was a, <laughs> it was a fantastic save, nonetheless. Oh, that was a good save. Um, TK save of the season. I do think that Pickford one is a banger. I don't like saying it. Chelsea, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. You, to be fair, both of Pickford's, both in the Chelsea game, and then uh, he does a couple more in the next game. Right. Both of them. He's had a few games of recent, hasn't he? But yeah, definitely. That was the. I, I think, yeah, I I had Pickford, uh, Pickford against Chelsea, the double save. Um, but a save that seems to be forgotten about. I don't know why it's not. I been can think of the one with. The, I can think of is, the forgotten one. It is is is, is against. Uh, oh. Gundogan. It's like literally the the staple perfect save. Full, it's a good save. Full reach, full reach, tight angle, sees it late. It's as good as it gets. As as Incredibility as we're losing as a podcast here. <laughs> that as in the semen no, one. There's, there's no other save this yeah, season which we're talking about apart from Pickford and Loris's goal. The rest were all right. <laughs> uh, I think if we Peter Schmeichel, uh, the best save he's seen in years, I think he was quoted at disrespectfully in a game that his son was playing in Ramsdale versus Leicester no other if this was on uh, it match of the day poll fuck yourself he's got to clear onto something this year right give him a break it wasn't even in the corner like the Joe Hart one wasn't even in the corner <laughs> which save did Joe Hart make this season Jack because I want to hear it Jack do you know what did that goal it, he, the way that Ramsdale throws himself to the ground afterward overhypes it. <laughs> yeah. Probably for the court, like when he really. keeps when he keeps the rebound out. And don't you start, Connor. I don't want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> it's, a, it's a camera save, isn't it? It's a camera one week, save. One week Connor tells me Ramsdale's charmed him and he's sending me TikTok. Six weeks later he's telling me he was just doing that to impress me. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I, I'm telling you now, he's a he's a great social influencer. Um great on podcast. He's just That's an imposter. <laughs> that, that, that was the best save this season. Blow. Ben Foster has had a better save this season than that. What a freaking guy. If Ben Foster's back in the Prem this year, then it is solely for his personality because the bloke stinks. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a bad keeper. Keen cyclist, you know. Have him as your keeper then. He's not the worst in the league. He might be good at saving penalties, Jack. He might want him. Well, no, he's bottom three keeper in the league. It's Ramsdale against Brendan Rogers spoke to Ramsdale after to uh, Ramsdale made another fantastic save actually at the Emirates and he said I don't ever want to play against you again. Not saying that about any other keepers, is he? He also called Gerald on the Welsh shammy there, so he's got to be careful with Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I agree with that. Now 
Is anyone not giving me an answer there? I, I lose track with my head went a bit there. Is Jack? Yeah, yeah, as he gave uh, no, the Chelsea one, wasn't it? Oh, Jack, go on, Jack. It's Ramsdale, isn't it? No, it's the Louis <laughs> save. Norwich is the save of the season. If Ramsdale played for Norwich, you'd be given that save of the season. It's not. He had a bit good. too much hype, isn't it? You saw a bit too much Ramsdale for about three weeks. There was a bit too much of him. It's only so much change he can collect off the floor and still be considered a top-class keeper. I'll tell you what. What a savage line that is. You wouldn't, be, you, you wouldn't be subbing off uh, Aaron Ramsdale for a penalty shootout. I think that tells me all I need to know about yours. Oh, I didn't get nominated for a Ballon d'Or. <laughs> Try a bit more now, because you've lost every cup final you've been in for a club side. He's <laughs> double continental world champion, don't you know? Uh, best new player not played in the Premier League before this season. Alex, I'll go to you first. Uh, I've gone with two January transfer signings, and well, me, I need one but, ideally. Uh, all right, well, in that case, Filipeski then. I'd agree. Well, you're both wrong in that case. Kulishevsky had a better season than Mark Kukarelia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. No, because the man. second I've said that, you thought I didn't think of him. <laughs> I heard that in your, both your voices. There was no bass in that voice. No bass. Connor, you'll admit <laughs> that now, won't you? Kulishevsky's no. not had a better season than Kukarelia. Yeah, easy. Jesus. Closet Spurs fan. He says he's I, I'm never going to agree with you after your slander to right, so I don't care how much you try and call back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've slighted him now. When well, Mr. Basmati gets a proper squad number, like we'll take him seriously. <laughs> Well, you all gotta grow up eventually. Saka was number seventy seven. He said, you know, I'm a I'm a grown man now. I need to have a proper squad number. Hold on, you can't say he's a grown man. You were saying he's he's only twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> he's not even twenty one, he, he's twenty. He's twenty. Oh, sorry. Byron tends to flip the board whenever he chooses. So just be careful. <laughs> I think if you didn't know him prior to this episode, I think you probably got the idea. When he's old, he's got a proper squad country. number. I've got the I've got the German uh, relegation playoffs on. Why don't we have this in our league? So much better. Yeah, I do think you could do that. Also, Her- Herter against Hamburger. When are they going to bring in a ban to ban Norwich from the Premier League? What an, what a pointless team to let come up every year. Yeah, can't we have like a mini league where Watford, Norwich, well, we're banning teams, and West Brom, or, well. or, or just play each other, Let's or you just have a, rug, a rugby style where certain team can't get promoted. Norwich and Fulham just aren't allowed in. So yeah, I don't care that you finish top; you can't come up. Well, I'm still waiting. Maybe if they do relegate Chelsea, then maybe we get Champions League football. <laughs> <laughs> Need Roman to uh, stand strong. Um, oh, that gives us Europa. <laughs> I'm all, for all these clubs are just queuing up saying yeah you know, it's only fair I think it's only <laughs> fair it, you know? it's like Leeds not really being after that Everton's finances anymore are they <laughs> yeah Connor, Connor we've heard uh, Jax what do you think is the best moment of the season I uh, so I ha- I've actually got three down which is ridiculous uh, I will only go with two though the false rumour of 3-2 on the on the last <laughs> on the last game was absolute gold um, but also Mike Dean no, no longer ever stepping on a pitch ever oh. again 
I, over the course of the season, I've grown to resent John Moss more. I can't believe I witnessed his last game. <laughs> you're about that, do you? A moment in history. <laughs> My team has given a red card in one in five games. Hey, if we if we want to talk about uh, conspiracy theories, Liverpool not conceding a penalty all season. Pep was Liverpool right. Liverpool having over eighty percent of their players being severely asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 it happens. It happens. Really I've never seen Mo Salah for that. Um, what's your other moment of the season? Oh, Mike, what was the third one out of interest? Um, purely a personal point. Masuaku absolutely fluffing across and scoring the winner against Chelsea. <laughs> that was unreal. <laughs> that and then was. He lifting his arms, Cantona style, but less arrogance, more what the fuck gone on here then. <laughs> TK, moment of the season. Does it have to be in the league? Because I honestly think Moyes volleying a ball at that ball boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there. And then saying, look, it's sat up for me. It's just top, top draw. <laughs> Do you have one from the league to supplement it? Well, after that, I was thinking of that well, video I feel like of Roy. If traders. we're opening it up, then Jack may be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to talk about a Carabao win against Spurs. He's going to talk about two finals Money Mays couldn't win. <laughs> it's Money Mace at Wembley. He hates Wembley. Monopoly Money Mace. <laughs> Jack, do you have a moment for us? Um, bike lock was one. What was that? Oh, the bike lock. Yeah, yeah that's that's excellent. The best that guy that was uh, was the Everton fan offering his Stanley knife. <laughs> and then getting the given back. The man with the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the guy with the bloody the chompers who had the actual bolt cutter? Yeah, he was chopping oh. his teeth down as he did it. <laughs> of Alex, do you have any? Uh you know what mine will be. North yeah, London we'll second leg. Um, I've got two here. Uh, the Liverpool fans singing Ollie's at the wheel while five 0 up against United. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was my moment personally. The ticking then, oh. and uh, Ramsdale celebrating a penalty that Bruno put wide, uh, <laughs> Martin Keown style in uh, front of Bruno. Started my day with that for about a fortnight after. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the time we'll go through. Our teams of the season to close this one out. Uh, you didn't get my best new player, by the way. It's Luis Diaz, and that's the final answer. <laughs> that he end product. Was my, he was my joint product. Yeah. <laughs> AJ did a Kulishevsky is my player. I'll go for him, even though I definitely swapped Diaz for it. You would, wouldn't you, Alex? Don't even pretend that's a debate. What? What? Kulishevsky versus Diaz as a transfer? Yeah. No, yeah, which no. one you'd rather have? Oh, yeah, though, I'd take Diaz, definitely. Okay. Taking nothing you know, away. objective when it came to gonna... Arsenal, because you'd take Ben White over Romero, and I know you would. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> I wouldn't want Ben White near that starting lineup. <laughs> You'd increase the looks in your squad immediately. <laughs> I wouldn't like him in that Spurs shit. I wouldn't like him. No, uh, there was an issue. My uncle, we, we were discussing whether we like the new Arsenal shirt. I'm a big fan, although I did have the realisation I'm definitely not going to look like Ben White does in it. <laughs> I'll have a much bigger it's, size for it's the shirt that's doing it that's all it is just that shirt the Love Island Maldini <laughs> um, whose team of the season would you like first uh, I'll go go on let's get this over with <laughs> 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 
it's not it's not really that it's not really that interesting so i've got uh larice royale got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Laura, yeah royale for that one game where he turned into kathy um no i've yeah, got um, i've got allison uh trent trent um i've got van dyke um i've got robertson as well um who's your other center back my other center back is uh diaz um, and then I've got in the rest of the team, I've got De Bruyne, I've got Silva, um, and I've got Trippier, uh, uh, Rodri, uh, and then I've got Salah, Kane, and Son up front. No Trippier. No Trippier, no. Why me? No Matt Target. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I'll go. I'll just find it. All right, let's not go to you next then. Connor. I'll go. Um, I've got Edison in goal. Cancelo, Van Dyke, Diaz and Trent. De Bruyne. And I put Suns in midfielder just because I, I he couldn't not be in there. Yeah, I've gone four four two. Captain in the middle is Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> he sent um, me this handwritten earlier. Yeah, and I nice. put a little C in brackets as well. Um, and I then Tavares so- on that list though. Yeah, I did write Tavares down as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Salah, Kane, and Jared Byrne. Let yeah. that one hang for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, go on. on the bench. So, Thank you. Yeah, mine's Edison, pretty easy. Trent, although I did have brackets James because he has more goal contributions than half <laughs> He is a better defender. I was contemplating it, but he I didn't is, really let's not. Let's not. No, I'm going James. I'm going balls, <laughs> balls deep. Going James, and then balls deep. you can't just shoot on Chelsea players. <laughs> in. Someone shooting his hand there. I'm just going to pick Trent, but you know what? I've got I've got loyalty to James, so he's yeah. going in. He's a better player. <laughs> he's not a better player. The only reason why I put Trent we're sticking in, Kyle Walker in if this is the list, aren't we? Trent in there is because Kyle Walker is the only other option. Sorry, um, Alex Homer spoke Jack where Jack was about to say the only reason I put Trent in is because he's had a better season. If you forget about that. <laughs> he's had more games under his belt. Oh, that bastard uh, playing games. And then we've got VVD, obviously. And then you've got, I've put Laporte because he played more games. And I thought he was actually did really well this year. And we've got Canso, obviously, at left back. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, Thiago, Fabinho in midfield. Just the importance of Fabinho, I feel, just was so massive for that Liverpool midfield. Well, I'll give you custom um, the title. And then Son, Mane, and Salah up front. Pretty standard, really. Go on, TK. Reese right. James um, or Jared Bowen are highlights so far. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm not going to make much of a better case for myself here. I'm just going to look pretty uh, pretty biased myself. <laughs> I think Alisson might have just edged Edison out in the last few weeks. He's been pretty big for us. Um even though I prefer Edison overall, I think Alisson's just about got it. Trent, Van Dyke. I actually do think Matip's been better than any of the City centre-offs. I think at one point Rudiger would have had an argument. It would have been between Matip and Rudiger for me. I've got Matip there. Cancelo. Midfield of De Bruyne, Rice and uh, Bernardo Silva. I was waiting for that, thank you. I've even, basically, I've, I thought Fabinho and Rodri probably both deserve to be in. I couldn't really pick between the two, so drop them both. <laughs> And then up front, Salah, Son, and you need a striker. Look, I don't like what he's done for United, but Ronaldo's, I think, as an outlet striker, has been the best. I, I'm staggered by the idea Kane's in. So I've got Ronaldo in there. 
through you. Well, I've gone four, four, fucking two. So we'll start there. <laughs> Edison <laughs> between the sticks. Uh, the hamstring yesterday in uh, stoppage time may have tipped him over the line. Yeah. Uh, we've got Cancelo and Trent at fullback. We've got Virgil van Dijk at centre-back alongside the highest-scoring centre-back this season, Gabriel Magalhaes. Jesus Christ. Highest-scoring centre-back this season. I like a left-footer at the best my centre-back partnership as well. It's not the right... It's not that he's put Gabriel in there. It's the chest that I like in it. The chest. Um... Midfield, we have uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri. Sick of you. Left side of my midfield, we've got Mane. Right side of my midfield, we've got Bukayo Saka. The uh... <laughs> so good. What? <laughs> the player below 21 with the highest goal contributions. Oh God! You get Jarrod Bowen in before you get Saka, don't you? Is it young More goal contributions against uh, the top six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Well, look, I just wasn't going to have anyone on my team that finished below six. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Son and Salah up top. <sighs> and as a team, I actually think that might be the most balanced. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> So there we go. Uh, save the best for last, I believe they say. Um, I would like on the record, I was going to mention earlier, that I'd like Monday Night Football banned moving forward if we were going to do any kind of what I'd change for next season. <laughs> Interferes with the podcast and just just not a very nice fixture to be playing in. Um, not that I think, actually, we may get some with the Monday Night Football, but uh, there we go. Uh, I think that just about sums us up. I haven't quite had the chance to express just how much I like the Europa League but previous episodes <laughs> should have done that for me I am going to miss that theme tune I can't lie what about the advert Thursday nights oh, are Europa nights you don't get that in the Champions League do you <laughs> I'm not right in saying the same, it's the same theme tune for the conference league no I, don't know, I didn't watch Thursday Thursday nights are conference nights doesn't yeah, have the same <laughs> doesn't have the same ring um, but I do hope West Ham I think the um, the way the winner of the Conference League celebrates will probably determine how seriously it's taken well it'd be very serious is it Jose Christ he'll be crying Brendan saying it's a dream next year to not be playing midweek football it probably isn't the thing <laughs> supporters did want to be hearing to be honest <laughs> um but I still look forward to the next big job he's linked with. But there we go. Thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. Thanks to Connor for coming on. Uh, we'll be back next week after the Champions League final. Choked just thinking about that. Um, we'll be back. Goodbye. <laughs>